Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Age of Radio. So, Phil, how the hell are you? I'm doing wonderful. Um, I just finished recording my course on automation for podcasters to help them like streamline a lot of their production and some of their promo stuff. Nice. So, yeah. So how it works is um, either you fill in a, a Google form and you submit it. Or if you let's say you have a guest coming on their on your show, they fill out a whole bunch of little quick uh, questions and then they submit it, and what happens is my the automation that I use creates the show notes, creates a promotional post on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and if you want in LinkedIn or like some of the uh, the social media that it um, it connects to. So that happens so that your your audience knows, and then your guests can share it as well with their audience, and so that helps promote your podcast. And you don't have to go ahead and make it; it's already like pre done for you, and then. On the flip side, once the episode goes live, uh, pulls the RSS feed into the into the automation, then creates a post uh, promoting it for you. So, like, yeah. it kind of takes a bit of the stress work of podcasting away from those like independent podcasters that don't have the budget to hire, you know, companies or myself, like myself, to produce the podcast for them. They need to mm-hmm. run it. And of course, after being an independent podcaster for six years, <laughs> I knew how much work it was. And like this, just figuring out this software and setting it up for podcasters, it's been a, it saves my, uh, saves my butt a lot. So I'm happy to share it with people. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. So that sounds like almost too easy now. No, yeah, it, it does make it a little easier for <laughs> podcasters now because um, then all you have to concentrate on is like finding uh, the, the guests for your show. And uh, as far as like uh, like when we uh, intro you here, it's better to introduce you as Phil with the Invest in Yourself podcast, or is there like a? I, I know you have a bunch of podcasts. Is the, so for this, let's go with the Phil Better Show because it's a movie based podcast. Show. So it's okay. it's just. It just melds well together. Okay, yeah, because I, I just don't, I don't know if there was like I don't know the the Phil Better conglomerate or something <laughs> that you preferred or uh, yeah. No, no, yeah. It's, so it's the Phil Better Show. It's a movie that's for uh, reviews nostalgic films of the '90s because uh, we're old enough to say that the '90s are nostalgic. Uh, um, <laughs> it's oh. no longer the '50s anymore. It's the '90s. Um, so yeah, so we review uh, '90s films, and it's the uh, the oldest one in my uh, my uh, catalog of podcasts. Excellent, and uh, yeah, the <laughs> watching this movie again, the soundtrack. I'm like, oh no, this is the oldie station now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, these are so good. These are bangers. But I now know they're like, it's, it's my local radio station. So I don't have a car, and I don't. So I don't listen to radio that often. But my, I was driving with my sister. And the local radio station has changed like four times apparently since the last time. And now it it plays oldies. It's considered the oldies and it's not the the hip for the young generation. And I'm like, oh, my God, 
were our parents. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was going to say uh, on Etsy, their rules are yeah, it has to be handmade or it can be vintage or antique. And so for them, antique is over 100 years old, which it's like, okay, I get that. And they were like, uh, th- that still feels like, okay, like it was the same rule in the 90s or like something. It right. was over 100 years old. It's, it's an yeah. antique. Uh, vintage is over 30 years old, which I'm like, yeah, that's like 1970. Nope. Yeah. 1999, like Generation 3 My Little Ponies are considered vintage now. We have a few months until Jurassic Park is considered vintage. Right? Oh god, that hurts. That hurts. Oh, Just knowing okay. that hurts. People, people are already selling like the the like, like 90s like Jurassic Park t-shirts and stuff as, as vintage. Oh, oh, of course, yeah. Oh god. Because I mean, yeah. badass. No. Right? <laughs> I, yeah, I'm just like, like, I'm like, I should report this. Nope, I gotta report myself. I'm old as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very scared for when, do you remember those, like, brightly colored shirts of the 90s with, like, anime or mm. Marvel characters on the back? Like, Echo was doing them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then there was, like, the spinoffs of, like, all these like anime type characters on it and like dragons and stuff. I'm scared when that kind of comes back as being like retro or vintage. Oh, guys, I don't know if you saw on Facebook or not, but do you guys remember don't... Gecko, the like neon Hawaiian shorts? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They're kind back. Of... They're oh, doing God. vintage reproductions. Oh, no. Yeah, you can get your Gecko with the sunglasses shirt again. And they're still doing the, uh, the like puffy paint uh, versions. They were like the. The gecko was like puffy. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> the texture like yeah. squishy almost. Oh yeah. yeah. I started following oh. them just because I'm like, I'm like, oh <sighs> my god. <laughs> I might still have a pair of those. No, I was <laughs> right. I'm not gonna like. As a man, it's more than likely yeah, <laughs> we right? barely change our clothing. Like, I haven't worn through them, so obviously I got them somewhere. <laughs> I kind of yeah. want a pair of the neon uh, like board shorts. Mm. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm so scared. I'm so scared. <laughs> I, I'm That's just so waiting terrifying. for, uh, um, you know, like uh, the big dogs to come back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Big Johnsons. Uh. <laughs> Run with the big dogs and no fear. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, then Ambry Conbury and Fitch is going to come back and Von Dutch is going to come back because people are going to be like, oh, my God, Fast and the Furious 1 is amazing. <laughs> oh, but maybe uh, maybe Bronze Age might come back. With oh, fish, true. Yeah. <laughs> man. All right. So anyway, right, so anyway, we're old. No. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, we just we just solidified the fact that we are now considered old. <laughs> Welcome to the Old Farts Podcast, where we talk about things from 1992. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we had color televisions back then. <laughs> I do get to say the size of smart cars. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and twice as deep. <laughs> yeah, <right>. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, you could fit a family of five in there, not just four. <laughs> it provided enough heat for a two bedroom apartment. Dude, uh, our cat fell inside of our TV once and we had to fish him out. Oh my God. Because, like, my dad had thing. taken the back off because uh, we had a big screen TV. Because it was damaged and my dad bought it and was trying to fix it. And the cat jumped up there and fell into the TV. Oh, God. Kids don't know how easy they have it. Right? If you have like a going to our parents, VHS, get out of my face. <laughs> like going to our grandparents, we had to be the antenna 
because they didn't yeah. upgrade to, you know, like regular televisions. And then growing up, we had to have the monster. Like you had, it was its own wall unit. That's how big this high def TV. It was a piece you know, of was. furniture. Like uh, the oh, ones yeah. that were like, built into the cabinets or whatever, the, oh, yeah. the speakers or whatever on the side. You've never or... lost the vertical on your TV. Get out of my fucking face. <laughs> yeah. Like you, you never had to be the remote all the time because the big ass remote just d- ate through batteries and dad was like no I'm not buying a new one I'm not buying more more batteries this is ridiculous the prices of batteries are through the roof in this house guys we're almost at the point where if you've ever changed batteries yeah. <laughs> yes oh my god no oh my god it hurts right. it so hurts and soon there's going to be no remotes because it's going to be controlled by your phone or your voice so there's going to be a generation of kids being like, I remember when I had to use a remote. And then you lose the remote in the couch. <laughs> Guys, why might I pull out the classic line? You got to use your hands? That's a baby's toy. <laughs> yeah, oh my God, no. No, it hurts. It hurts so much. <sighs> Look, I still know the exact moment you flip the disc on the laser disc for certain Oh, movies. shit. <laughs> Anybody know what cigarette burns are? <laughs> or the DVD, the one side was widescreen, the other was like theatrical release or like full right. screen. Oh, fuck. Or, oh, or, dude, those DVDs are still the best. Like the best commentary and right? stuff. Like, oh, yeah. I'm sure Blu-rays are great in their own thing, but you didn't get Ben Affleck talking shit on Michael Bay to Michael Bay's face. On the yeah, Blu-rays. no, that, that is classic. <laughs> That is just what we want. That that's what podcast. I think that's what podcasts will end up being with movies because, like, they can if they haven't already. This is a genius way. A movie releases a podcast of the production, so you hear from different parts of the production, right? So it hypes up the film even more because people want to know more about the back, right? Yeah. About the back end and all that, and then the movie releases. They can release a special like downloadable content where you get all the episodes some be extra behind the scenes and it's like the commentary that we want you uh, know but from the real people phil i'm gonna blow your mind there are actually a couple blu-rays i've purchased in the last year or two where that's exactly what the special features are it's like yeah. podcast interview with the director of yeah. i don't the, know link or whatever the, and, the yeah. downloadable uh, ultraviolet didn't take off they had to do yeah. something yeah exactly because <laughs> they tied oh that mia jovovich movie <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say that's the the most viewed scene of the movie Ultraviolet is in the the Blu-ray Ultraviolet yeah. special features <laughs> commercial. Everybody's like, is that one of the Resident Evil movies? I don't know that one. <laughs> oh god, that movie! Wow. Google it. The lady We've with already the talked about it. <laughs> oh my god, I, I I'm gonna re-listen to that episode because that 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 movie just has a special place in. Uh, just in the history of movies for me, it's okay. just such a, it's so weird. It, it came out on my 25th birthday, and I was like super stoked to watch it, because you know, Mia Jovovich, let's, let's be yeah, real. Yeah, right? let's yeah. be real. And, the movie's uh, so fucking weird. Yeah, they do. Oh, God. Yeah. It's like some of those movies from like the 80s where you know everybody was on acid. Yeah. And you, they just they just were filming it while on acid, like this is the greatest stuff ever. So I think it's like someone was just really high on whatever the good drug was at the time, wrote it, and they're like, yes, let's make this movie. And then everybody needs to smoke the same stuff. Everybody to tries these shrooms. So yeah, it was shrooms. For sure. It was shrooms or ayahuasca or peyote <laughs> or all those. Maybe a melange altogether. 
Because that's the only way you can make sense of that movie. So I won't lie. I'm, this is something I'm sort of excited about. Because for like the last decade, decade and a half, we sort of just lost the like mid-range movie, which is where the crazy movies happened. They had yeah. enough of a budget to get somebody you recognize. But like they had such a small budget that it wasn't, you know, just like a huge movie. You know, mm-hmm. and it wasn't completely controlled by the studio. So you've got crazy shit happening. And that just sort of disappeared. And so now we're, like, definitely in the era of, like, like these just monster superhero movies. Yeah. But you can make a movie on your iPhone. So yeah. there's all these things. I mean, like, like Velocipaster was number one on Netflix for, like, three weeks. And, like, that's literally... Like, a guy made that with some of his friends and a little bit of a budget, but it's about a priest who gets attacked by ninjas and becomes a velociraptor at the full moon. Like, come on. <laughs> this is the shit I'm here for. So this is this is what, what I see happening in the long run. Because I love talking movies and the movie industry with people who see this stuff happen. So, like, you guys are like, wow, this is great. By the way, Future uh, Steve, this we... is a whole mini episode. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be one hell of an episode. Um I see because of YouTube and because the, like you said, the cost of creating a movie for a budget, you can make a movie for 10K now. Like 10K can make you a solid movie because you can get people who off Fiverr who are doing amazing things with V, uh, with special effects, right? Mm -hmm. And you can get, you can have your friends and like everybody kind of already is used to having a camera in their face. So acting is a bit more natural in it, right? And you you can put it on YouTube for free, right? And then you can make back your budget within a couple of weeks if it goes viral. Because YouTube, yeah. if you can get like people following the production behind the scenes, you can make content about that on the YouTube channel building up to the release of the movie, you can make an actual profit from the movie. And like you're, you made it for 10K, YouTube ends up paying you like 11K, so you make $1,000. So you're like, wow, we can up the, bount- the, the value of our next production. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like I'm. I'm really There's... looking forward to like, <laughs> like the next canon films that's going to grow out of stuff like that. Oh yeah, because like you, uh, an indi- like a big major block. Let's say because there's going to be like three studios going forward. You're gonna yeah. have Disney, yeah. you're gonna have Netflix, and you're gonna have Amazon. And then there's go- they're gonna own all the minor leaguers like the the the, the Sony's and all this that go well, out well, of don't business. Don't yeah, Sony's a minor leaguer in this world, by the way. Right. Uh, yeah, no, like uh, but you have to Lionsgate, look at like, Am- say, like Lionsgate's been making some super smart moves. And sort of yeah. staying out of everybody else's lane. Yeah, but aren't they? Yeah, because the, they 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 protected their niche. Yeah. Like, there's gonna you're gonna have the majors. Like, wh- what I say, the majors, because like you have Disney yeah. that just is Disney. It's never gonna away because it has so many legs of money that it's like movies are definitely gonna always be there because it's one of its main revenue source. Netflix is gonna be one of the bigger guys because they they invented the streaming genre and they're doing yeah. great stuff, creating their own content, and they make it easy for small producers to get on their platform and then the producers can make a lot of money from it and then you have amazon which is going to own most of the u.s anyway so it's amazon because it's like it just it i didn't it buy mgm or something yeah like just purchased uh yeah yeah mgm or like one of the big studios yeah one of the like when we were young one of the majors right because when we were young there was like a dozen or so studios producing film and then as we got older they made stupid decisions or like they went out of their genre or whatever and they got they got merged together and stuff got bigger and now we're up to like three major 
leaguers and then we go down to the next league like sony may not get bought out their stu- movie studio may not get bought out it may or may not it may do whatever but it won't be as big as it was when we were young oh, yeah. because it, it's not producing the quality of films but below that you have so many independents now that can make money they can start it on like vine or uh, on vine even then i'm showing my <laughs> age they can start it on tiktok right create a small following this then in like two years they can have a, a significant following on youtube where they're creating content and videos and all this and then from there they can start getting into like netflix films or stuff like that and you can see it actually in one one actor uh who's now like have has been in a movie with the rock his name is king batch uh andrew batch is his like actual name he started on vine got on uh on moved over from vine to tiktok and instagram made it big made the connections to like the logan pauls and those types of people so that his he could get into their their fandom grow his fandom he was on in a movie with the marlin brothers Oh, on uh, like he was in those, one of uh, the sitter movies or whatever on Netflix. Yeah, the babysitter too. movie, yeah. which was all of those people are like TikTok slash Instagram slash YouTubers. Yeah. There's not a real like big name in them, like in the like in our sense that was created either in TV or in uh, the already big uh, uh, movie industry. You know, like this was all people who come from the next generation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like the ones that crazy. we as millennials and zennials, older millennials are zennials apparently. I don't know what we are, are called. The 80s babies, yeah. as I like to call us. Like the 80s babies, we wanted to be able to become famous like that. And we're we, so luckily Gen Z, uh, Gen X before us built those programs, Facebooks and Instagrams and all that, that show how to monetize. And then the millennials got in there sh- creating the systems and business people got in there creating systems to show how so many people become famous and make money. And then boom they're now into the bigger movies and it's like it's amazing seeing that and like the next generation it's not going to be a random star being found in a in a starbucks you know by a casting director it's going to be done through tiktok youtube and whatever comes next like that's what's it's going to happen and we're going to see the next generation of move directors going to probably come from the directors in the youtube space like are making movies on youtube yeah, that are like high like quality phones and computers and stuff like yeah that and, cut together some and are investing and they're investing the money into getting their equipment up into the next game and creating the connections that will eventually lead them to getting the chance because someone is on the universal side or on the mgm side or like whatever is there that making the big bucks will have been following this person and be like yo i can get this guy uh, a chance you know because i follow this guy so you you use the name MGM and they get like, boom, that's our next generation. It could be a Steven Spielberg. It could be, you know, um, a Martin Scorsese. It could be, you know, one of those James. Yeah. Like any one of those big names, like that's the chance that's going to happen. That's where it's going to be because they now have the opportunity to show like, Hey, if I can make a movie like this on my fucking, uh, on my friggin' iPhone, think about what you can do. If I, you give me a hundred thousand dollar budget, like, cause that's how, uh, Steven Spielberg, James, Lu- uh, James uh, George Lucas, how they made it. They sh- they made their money for they made their movie for uh, nothing on a shoestring budget, yeah. and made massive amounts of money. Yeah, like James. But the thing is, like 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 James Cameron, he came up. You know, he did a couple of Roger Corman movies and stuff like that. Like Roger Corman's like, yeah, I'll give you, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars to make a movie. You know, in the late seventies, yeah. early eighties, and. Everybody was like, oh, this guy can actually do stuff. And then, yeah, uh, United Artists or uh, whoever did 
you know, Terminator and all that. They were mm-hmm. like, well, here's a real budget and, you know, legit stars like Lance Henriks. Well, you know, Lance Henriks and Schwarzenegger weren't huge names, but they were just coming off. They you were know, recognizable. Conan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They, they, they were like the, our generation of Instagram stars. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Up and we covers, knew who they basically. were, but the majority, they, they were known to a niche audience. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And they're getting the, they're getting this is their chance to show off. That they can be an actual like presence, like that's what they were getting. That's the it, same with James Cameron. It was made for people who were like, "Look, you guys are known to a niche group of people. We're going to give you the chance to be known to the world if you guys pull this off." Ah, oh, so much fun! All right, yeah. so, so the one. No, yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now let's talk about this um, this amazing movie. The people have found you guilty of 123 counts of first degree murder and 123 counts of unauthorized travel to parallel universes. There's never been anything like what I have become. For these crimes, you have been sentenced to life without the possibility of return. Are you ready? Are you? Freeze! he could be going not a problem what if there was a killer traveling through parallel universes and he looked just like you the good news is you're not crazy the bad news before i saw him i felt him it was me what if he would stop at nothing to take over your world each time he kills one of you the energy divides among the survivors He's close to you, lost strength. Maybe it's part of what's been going on with you. People get older, Gabe. They don't get stronger. They don't get faster all of a sudden. If we kill him, this whole universe could go with him. I just need to do it one more time. No! This is the only way to stop him. My own design. Yeah, that'll work too. Miss me? Steve. And I'm Izzy. And this is Everything I Learned from Movies. And tonight. Oh, tonight. Uh, we are continuing Jason Matham. <gasps> yeah! With 2001's The One. <gasps> yes! Oh my god, Steve, yes! Oh, but babe. Steve. We're not alone for this cinematic masterpiece. What? That's right. We have Phil from the Phil Better Show. Welcome, Phil! Woo! Hey, guys! How's it going? 
It's going really great. I love your intro every time. <laughs> when I listen to your episodes, I'm like, oh my God, the intro is so amazing. How do they get it on point so well? Oh, practice, practice, practice. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, Phil, you wanted to be specifically on this episode. Why? Because the one is like the one movie that everybody should see in the Jet Li catalog of films because it's so amazingly cheesy and good. Absolutely. And, I, <laughs> and it, it's kind of like the first film that talks about multiple realities. Yeah, multiverse, you hacks. Right? Yes. It's literally the multiverse. <laughs> Doctor Strange. It is the multiverse. They talk about it. And now now they 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 were cool they were cool before it was cool. They were the hipsters of the multiverse game. That's right. Trend set us. <laughs> but Steve, we are yes. far too sober to talk oh, about this movie. <laughs> far too sober. Far too sober. Well, because we're talking about the one, we uh, like to think about the one that helps us through the day, our our bestie, if you will. Uh, so we have from Record Street Brewing their Besties Cream Ale. Yeah! 5% alcohol by volume. He's got kitties on it! <laughs> that's right. Uh, and that's because this beer is a collaboration between Record Street Brewing uh, in uh, Reno, Nevada. That's right. And Zane Lamprey's Adventure with a three in the middle instead of an E, uh, which provides innovative apparel for travelers, explorers, and livers of life. Both companies believe in exploration, great beer, and finding a safe and happy home for animals in need. With every purchase of this cream ale, Record Street Brewing will make a donation to local pet shelters. Oh, they saved the pets. Yeah, and, uh, Who are my besties? I'm poking <clears> one right <throat> now. <clears throat> besties, oh. you say. <clears throat> I'm not your bestie. bestie. You are my, you're my bestie human. There we go. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> and uh, my top. Oh, his top. Nice. And the poor. Ooh, beautiful light straw colored beer. Super clear. Sorry, Has a beautiful <laughs> white foamy head. Lots of tiny bubbles dissipating quickly. Tiny bubbles dissipating quickly. Yeah. Ooh, Ooh, yeah, this has a nice, like, malt-forward aroma on it. Definitely, like, almost no hop aroma whatsoever. You get a little bit of the, like, green apple, I think, from the, uh, basically just from the carbonation. Yeah, it says, like, it's 20 IBUs on the side, but yeah, yeah, almost no real strong hop profile, just kind of... Yeah. Yeah, just well-rounded, light little drinking beer. I love cream ales, because, yeah, they are just, like, really light, not too hoppy, but they still are flavorful. Smooth, there's, like, a little mm-hmm. little vanilla note, like, just kind of, yeah, just easy-peasy. Mm, yeah. I like it. Phil, are you drinking anything today? Uh, water. Um, going hard. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing the hard, you know, uh, water. No, I'm doing something called uh, 75 Hard. Which mean, uh, which is just uh, seventy-five um, days of a specific following a specific regiment, and it mm-hmm. includes no alcohol. Ooh. So, yeah. Nice. How far along yeah. are you? Um. So I started on the twenty-third. I believe. Give me a second here. Of March. He started. Uh, twenty-second. The twenty-second of March. Nice. Nice. So, yeah. About. Yeah. Uh, about uh, oh, I have bad math. Uh, 18, 19 days, something like that in? Yeah, we'll go something like that. I just know the end date. That's all I know. <laughs> that's that's all I concern about. I look at the end date. I'm like, if I can just say I'm, I can drink on this day or like I'll allow myself to have a beer on this day, that's that's what I look for. You may want and, to ease uh, back into it after the same. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I have like I was I, I stopped being a heavy drinker uh, during Corona. 
I used to go hard at it. And then during Corona, I barely drank. I may have a, like a, a, a late night dram of, uh, you know, scotch or something like that. That was that I, I used to drink just Guinness exclusively or Jameson ginger ales. And then I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll develop my scotch prof, uh, profile tongue in that. So started just uh, with uh, some uh, Johnny Walker because I'm like, hey, why not start a little high, you know, start with the good stuff. Yeah. And then just start have a dram of that, um, and then Glenn Fittich as well. Uh, I like the, the the twelve year, I believe, and uh, yeah. And then I just decided, hey, let's try this. And I I started it at January first, went to St. Patrick's Day, um, had a few beers there. I started with ciders, and then I was like, you know what? I don't really care about drinking anymore. It's not. It's because it was out of my party lifestyle for two years. I just didn't enjoy the lifestyle, so I don't drink anymore. Yeah, I'm do I do the 75 hard, and then I have a cider or maybe a Guinness, and that's it. Nice. Afterwards, yeah, that's it. It's honestly, what I do is moderation. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. we do it for the podcast, and that's yeah, occasionally when we're watching the movies. But yeah, not not the major. Yeah, yeah. like I, I, I'm sure everybody listening thinks we're pretty hardcore drinkers. <laughs> Steve and I actually only have about mm, maybe two, three beers a piece a week, yeah. <laughs> unless it's like specifically a beer event. Well, that note, if you're going to be in Pittsburgh in June, come <laughs> come see us at Homebrew Con. We'll yeah. be getting nice and drunk memo. No, oh, we're going to try all the beers. <laughs> but also that beer, you, you guys, as you were talking, like the cracking sounded very nice. The pour sounded delicious. And uh, you describing it, it was like, oh, my God, I, I want to taste it. Like, I'm, I was kind of salivating. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I was salivating. Yes. It was gorgeous ASMR, and it was just delicious. And, it's, and it sounds like it's a delicious taste and aroma. Uh, see, we would like to get the people salivating and then bring up 2001's The One. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From writer-director James Wong. Oh, God. Oh, well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, he is the director of Final Destination. This... Final Destination 3. Then he's one of those guys, uh, he did uh, Dragon Ball Evolution. Oh, snap. And I have a sneaking suspicion everybody involved in that movie didn't have much of a, or like, took a serious drop in their career afterwards. Cause, nobody talks about that movie and nobody talks about yeah. anybody who's in that movie. Because uh, uh, after that he did a couple episodes of the X-Files reboot um, and is like a writer-producer on X-Files and American Horror Story, but not directing. So, yeah. Hmm. Um... Also from writer Glenn Morgan. Who's he, Steve? Well, you might know him as a director. He directed one of your favorite movies of all time, Willard. Hey! Yeah. Want to see Crispin Glover with some rats? Yeah! Yeah. Uh, He also did the 2006 uh, remake of Black Christmas. And uh, also a couple episodes of, like, Lone and X-Files and The Twilight Zone. Uh, The the new Twilight Zone. The new, new one. (laughs) Excellent, excellent, excellent. Uh, This movie, of course, stars... Jason Matham, no, sorry. Uh, Jason Statham <laughs> as Evan Funch. Do you ever get the the Funch? <laughs> I never uh, got yeah, the Funch yeah. part. <laughs> I, I know it said a couple times when it was like, "It's Jason Statham." Let's let's just do it. <laughs> and then you have uh, Jet Li as several versions of Gabe Law, <laughs> Carla Gugino as T.K. Law, Delroy Lindo as Harry Rodiker, and uh, a quick cameo from Dean Norris as uh, Sergeant Siegel. I think he was uh, one of the SWAT guys, like in the the opening scene and All stuff right. like that. You might know him as the, the brother from uh, Breaking Bad. The Albuquerque cop or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Uh, so, this... Phil, was this your first time watching? No. <laughs> no, not at all. This movie is, like, one of my favorite Jet Li movies. Um, it's, I don't think it's respected enough of his movies. 
Yeah, I, I, I have a sneaking suspicion as to why, just because it's so over like, the top. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like CGI, like Matrix, like special effects heavy. Whereas like you know yeah. you watch like Fearless or something. That's a that's a great jelly movie with practical effects and fighting and stuff like that. Where this one's a little more eh. high concept. This is what, yeah, yeah. This is like a they tried to make jet like. They kind of carbon copy. like For a time, Jet Li was doing a lot of carbon copy movies where it's just show off your martial arts, do fancy flippy things, like a, kind of like a more serious Jackie Chan. Because yeah. Jackie Chan had cornered the market in like silly martial arts, but still seriously cool because he like has those silly like stunt moments. And then when he gets down, he's like a really badass fighter against the main boss or something. Yeah. But Jet Li never really had that. He was always like the serious like... I can kill you with my martial arts type martial arts. And so he cornered the action market and they just carbon copied a lot of the movies, just him doing badass martial arts. And this was one of them. Yeah. Yeah. He did. Um, yeah. I know starting with like, what was it like lethal weapon four or whatever was like the first. Yeah. Like his, that was like his in. first English language. Yeah. He was this, the strong silent deadly type or whatever. Cause yeah. I think they're trying to shoot around like, you know, he, he's, he has an accent. I mean, obviously, born and raised in China for the first thirty-five years of his life. Right. Who wouldn't? Right? He does great in this one. Yeah, he actually does pretty mm. good. Yeah. In fact, I'm gonna go ahead and argue his English is better in this one than it is in Expendables. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got a point there. Yeah. And I don't know if that's an acting choice or if that's like a fuck you to the directors or just like <laughs> or or just getting old and not giving a shit. I think it, it it's probably a mixture of all of them. Yeah. <laughs> probably just a mixture. He's like, you know what? I'm old. I don't give a fuck. And the director's being a dick. So here I'm going to do my worst English accent. You know, that. or I'm just not going to even try to enunciate my words. I'm just going for it. And then the director being more pissed off. So he's just yelling. <laughs> you get one take. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get one take. And that's all. He's like, I don't care anymore. You, you, the, the check cleared. I'm good. That being said, one of my favorite movie t- tropes is where, uh, like in Ocean's Eleven, where you have the, the character who speaks no English, but everybody knows exactly what they're saying. There's just speaking perfect English around them. And yeah. uh, I, I always sort of like hope for that in like Jet Li movies. They never really go full that, but it's fun. Yeah. Well, anyone who hasn't seen this movie yet, it's on Tubi and Netflix. You have no excuse. Do it now. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's it what is, like 80 minutes if you cut out the credits yeah it's, yeah. it's a yeah. fun watch <laughs> oh it's it's just like kind of like we because you know as kids like we kind of like thinks oh what what happens if i made this decision or is there like another version of me somewhere kind of like questioning reality right because yeah. you hear science and all that stuff uh this movie kind of like plays into that like what happens if if there is multiple version of us doing different things in different universes and worlds and stuff and they start dying, do you get stronger or like what happens? And like this literally answers the question or gives you a a possibility. Right. And then like, what would, could I fight myself? (laughs) Like, is there an evil version of myself out there? With a mustache. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, And you know, like, and it's asking these esoteric questions of the youth. And it just sends us down. That's why we have all these crazy things going on in the universe, I think. It's because of this movie. 
Oh yeah, yeah. This movie is, <laughs> I mean, it's basically like a perfect mix of like Demolition Man, Time Cop, and Highlander, all kind of rolled into one. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's right. like we're gonna just try all of these movie tropes and just throw them into one. There's also Bullet Time at one point, kind of. Oh yeah, yeah. Heavily influenced by the Matrix, absolutely. Yeah, like there's like everything. They're throwing everything in the kitchen sink into this movie, and it's amazingly good. Yeah. They do it so horribly bad. Uh, but it's handled perfectly just the way you want it. This is a movie where you're like, I need to kill some time and I just want to be entertained by stupidity or just yes. just fun action. I've heard the term popcorn movie, like just shut up, eat some popcorn and enjoy it. Yeah. And this is a popcorn movie. This oh, movie is also like, if you've ever had the question, but what if I could combine the Matrix and Super Cop? This is what you get. <laughs> or no, I'm sorry, Time Cop, Time Cop. T- time and cop, a little yeah. bit of super cop i guess yeah yeah, yeah. jackie chan but baby. uh yeah this is what happens and it's amazing <laughs> yeah yeah so okay so we start off because it's kind of a, a an unusual world we're going yes. into with an expl- explanation of the multiverse marvel you hacks and, <laughs> um, and uh you know basically traveling between the dimensions is restricted by these essentially interdimensional time cops we'll say you know uh, <laughs> yeah yeah i mean they are yeah yeah they are interdimensional time cops like this is one universe or one reality in the multiverse that decided like no we're going to be in charge of all of the multiverses yeah you know and they go we restrict it because we don't want to damage the time st- line and all that that's what it is pretty much yeah they it's say, one they reality just saying we're in charge yeah they say like you know keep the balance and all that fun stuff but uh yeah okay so we start off uh we see cops uh you know gearing up or whatever and a news story about president gore and i'm like i i remember you know 2001 there was the whole you know the that was the hanging chad and all that yeah. with the election uh, Bush was president, but so I was like, wait, President Gore, what's going on here? Yeah, they're basically transporting this prisoner, Lawless, or whatever they're calling him. It's Jet Li. Um, and everybody's like, like highest guard, like, you know, getting in the cell, putting these, you know, the cuffs and stuff on him. Like, well, we're going to take you to, you know, wherever to have you executed now. And he's like, all right, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then, uh, like, as they're, like, walking through the jail, somebody throws a knife at him and, like, hits him, like, in the little bulletproof vest. And they're like, go, 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 get out of here. Like, just one of the other prisoners or whatever. And But he, like, also, like, kicks at the, the guy that threw the knife or whatever. And we see he, like, bends the bars. And, you know, anyone who knows prison bars, those things don't bend easily. And you just give a little no. little sidekick, even a little off balance and stuff, and it bent him. So it's like, what's going on here? What where, What's going on in this world? And they uh, get to the parking lot. They're about to load him up in the bus to, I don't know, take him to execution. But then, there's a sniper from somewhere. Oh, it's up there in the vents. Uh, but Jet Li got hit in the face, so he's, you know, dead. Dead, dead. And they start, like, checking the vents, and then uh, out pops Jet Li. What? And he starts, like, Matrix fighting everybody. Like, Oh, no. No, babe, it wasn't that music. Do you remember the song? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wait. It was the first song you danced to at a, at a <laughs> Let the bodies dance. hit the floor. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> goes, That's right, guys. Everybody, the first <laughs> dance I ever danced with the boy to was Let the Bodies Hit the Floor because that just is what happened to come on when he asked me to dance. <laughs> that is an amazing first dance. Um, you cherish that memory and never let anybody make fun of you for it. Oh, no, that no, is no, just no, no. The best song ever it's, to dance to. It's I can't. Very I remember me. seeing them live. This is oh. <laughs> a good breakdown of my life right here. <laughs> uh, 
absolutely. The bodies tend to hit the floor around you is what you're trying to say. Um, oh, oh, wait, let me let me expand this. Uh, my first dance with a boy was at a Future Farmers of America new like initiation dance with uh, uh, actually at the time the state president Ooh, came. Ooh, uh, it was all, all the uh, all the local districts got together and he was specifically going around and picking the wallflower flowers off the wall, which is very sweet. Um, and he, he came up and he was like, next dance, I'm dancing with you. And let the bodies hit the floor came up and he was like, we can wait for another one. I was like, nope, let's just do this. <laughs> <laughs> let's get this over with now, please. I was exceedingly awkward in 14. So, yeah. Who wasn't? <laughs> right? <laughs> Anybody who was not awkward tends not to have a podcast. Because this is, we got over our awkward phase and now we can talk about it and people will love us because we'll connect with us. Cause exactly, that's but where... we can do it from the comfort of our, of our own home and pretend that yeah. nobody's listening. That's exactly right. Like, <laughs> no one will ever hear this and I'm okay with it. And then we reveal the truths of ourselves and other people connect with us. And then someone comes up to you and go, I heard your story. And you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I released that. Oh and God. then you never do another podcast ever again. I like, 100 people actually listen to me. I 100% have to tell myself that nobody listens to our podcast or I can't do this. <laughs> but shout out to uh, Bryce White if you're out there. Thanks for my first dance with the boy. <laughs> there we go. You get a message. This is from Bryce White. No! Right? Like, I'm Bryce White, former president, uh, state president of the FFA. I'm sorry, what now? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, what now? God. <laughs> Because now Google's into you do know like Google indexes podcasts now, so they they're working on their AI to uh, transcribe podcasts. <laughs> Good luck. There, but oh, because we said the 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 name of the organization a couple times and his name, um, there is a chance that it's actually going to come up when oh they God, swap that up would on be his amazing. phone. Oh, here yeah. we go. Let's just throw the AI off, and now I can do a dolphin impression. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, <laughs> gotta stay it. off the grid <laughs> <laughs> yeah. gotta stay independent gotta be under the go- the grid no one can know um, oh this is why i love podcasts yeah, yeah. all right so let the bodies hit the floor that's right yes plays the great the great song of our generation <laughs> yeah and, and during this fight scene like i i understand like he's supposed to be so much faster than everybody else around him and all that fun stuff but it's like he'll like grab and like throw somebody and they'll just be kind of like hanging in the air and i'm like there's a weird uh, physics engine going on in this video game right now i don't know what's going on the rules don't apply anymore (laughs) but uh yeah a lot of a lot of of, like headshots and you know he's obviously like an incredible fighter an incredible marksman and all this stuff and uh yeah basically he eventually you know just starts running and he's running like what, what they say like 50 miles an hour or whatever through the streets of la I said, oh, God, the running, how they displayed the speed he moves at sometimes. Yeah, the $6 million man kind of. Yeah, I was like, oh, oh, oh come this, on, this really? Where they're like, where they're, they, they mentioned like, oh, my God, he's doing 55 miles an hour. You got to tell us because he looks he's going like two miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and eventually he like runs and like jumps off the hood of a car and grabs a traffic light and a bunch of crashes and stuff under him. And then he pulls out this like flip phone that then like unfolds into like a little circle and stuff like a <laughs> oh god yes <laughs> and we're like oh man that'd be so great to have like a i don't know like a 12 inch screen on your phone just unfold 
but it basically says like one minute until something happens we don't know what though oh yeah that's right uh uh statham and uh delroy lindo they they basically pull up and they're like they they have like these like glowing blue like space gun or whatever they're yes okay the the whole movie they're like aiming this gun at him and like firing at him blah 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 but they're but they're always so scared to like kill him isn't there a stun setting or something like that on the gun nope they no only of have course not no yeah, off yeah. button <laughs> or death or blowy up yoke uh, which results in death anyways yeah come on so then it's like well why are they even pull it out and fire it there whatever if they're afraid they might actually hit them you know are they just trying to like corral him with random <laughs> yeah. explosions or come something? on if you come down we'll stop shooting at you and not hit you but make your life really annoying because the bullets zip, zip right by you you know like cr- criminals are going to be wavering in fear now yeah but uh but eventually like statham's uh kind of got him you know got the gun in his hand he's like you're not going to shoot me like oh i just might mate you know <laughs> i never think that far ahead you know something like that you're like where's your partner and then we see a truck come bow right out of a garage and hits gently and knocks him down and then i guess the timer runs out and this like portal opens and you get the uh the teleportation but it's like the body's like being torn piece by piece and like sucked up into a vacuum it looks like yeah it does not look fun and this is actually what like whenever i see the star trek transporters going on or whatever yeah. i'm like you know the, the one is actually a little more realistic i would <laughs> think <laughs> oh, we separate to little particles and then we take that up into our system and then at the other end of the transporter particles they already have there uh you know transform into another person I'm like I think the being torn apart in a, a, a vacuum yeah. of interdimensional force is actually a little more realistic. <laughs> but Adam. But painful. Yeah, yeah. It, it sounds so painful. Yeah, it's like, okay, we, we, we watched the incredible 1987 Canadian live-action children's show, Captain <gasps> Power and the Soldiers of the Future, yeah. and they talk about digitizing, which is basically being, like, assimilated <laughs> by the Borg, but it's <laughs> blasting them and, they're like, you know, digitizing them and then absorbing them into the main computer... And then you can like reconstitute them somewhere else later, kind of a thing, and and they describe it in this children's show as when you are digitized, every cell in your body implodes, and then when we reconstitute you, it explodes. Don't make us do it again. And I'm like, yeah, that's more Star Trek than realistic, yeah. right? <laughs> I love Captain Power. Such oh. a classic show. I grew up with that. Oh, you, Canadian. oh that's you right. You are up in Canada. Yeah. You okay. should join yeah. us for our watch party. Oh, yeah. I actually shared it with my sister because she was a bigger Captain Power uh, fan than I was. Um, it was a, so my sister's older than me. So she got to watch it with my dad. And that was their Saturday morning routine yeah. was watching Captain Power. And then I kind of came along and ruined it, as my sister likes to say, being uh, the older sibling. She's like, you ruined my Saturday mornings. I used to have it with Dad, and now you came along. To to um, be fair, it was only like twenty Saturdays in all of existence. <laughs> but no, it, it replayed all the time. Oh yeah, I'm sure. It did. Like because we didn't have a lot of content. You have to understand the Canadian laws is that uh, at least like I think it's eighty percent of content that's shown on Canadian television channels has to be Canadian content. Mm. 
So like it's same with our radio, like if like with our local radio, it has to promote Canadian content. So if we have Canadians down in the States, that counts as Canadian content because they're Canadian and you guys usually get our best of our best. Right. But sometimes we get the weirdest bands like, you know, the bare naked ladies like that is a uniquely Canadian show. group uh you know the great big c um and so many great canadians because we have to keep doing canadian content we can't have american influences too much so we get all these amazing like we had something called the zone and a ytv ytv was amazing and that's what captain power uh, played on it's just such amazing like it was oh that show but anyways the one we're talking about the one and not We are talking about Power. the one in this episode. That's true. <laughs> yeah. But yes, I'm trying to get my sister to watch, to go back, get my sister to join your watch party Excellent. because she'll yes. enjoy it. Excellent. Um, yes, yeah, so where are we? Oh, yeah. So they get teleported. They end up, you know, in the, I don't know, Time Cop Police Department or whatever. <laughs> and uh, we get these, like, photos of uh, the 123 other laws, you know, the, the Jet Lees or whatever. Uh, that this one Jet Li that they caught has murdered. <laughs> and it, I love how it's like Jet Li with blonde hair, you know, Jet Li with dreadlocks. And, you know, it's like... right? <laughs> Apparently he has uh, a slightly different hairstyle choice in every different version of the dimensions. Yeah. I don't even think we saw one of him with, like, with any facial hair or anything either. Like right? you know, a little Fu Manchu or <laughs> maybe a little Hitler oh, mustache. Oh, God. Like, I think they were like, let's try not to, to be the least racist as possible. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> and not do the prototypical uh, jokes like that because they wanted to make Jet Li look badass. So let's make him as American as possible yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the bleach blonde hair. Well, it's like like when, uh, well, speaking of time cop, cop, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme as Max Walker, you know. <laughs> Every other movie, he's, you know, Francois Devereaux or whatever. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. He's like, oh, you know, I wear Wolverine boots. That's me. <laughs> All American here. That's me. Yes. Oh, very much American. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we get uh, that. Yeah, basically this lawless guy, he's going to be, uh, or they call him a, what, U-Law throughout the rest of the yeah, movie? Yeah, it's U-Law. Uh, give me a second. I'm on the ID- IMDB page. Yeah, so... yeah, I think Gabriel is the. Yeah, you got Gabe one. Law, Gabriel, U-Law, and Lawless. Are the names that he goes by? Oh, okay, there we go. So all derivatives of uh, Gabe or Law. And uh, yeah, we get a little scene where like uh, Delroy Lindo he goes to chat with him in his cell, um, and he's basically like, "I can't believe you would do this, killing all these other, you know, other yous in the other dimensions, just trying to make yourself stronger. You used to be a cop like me." And he's basically like, "Yep, and I only need to kill one more, and then we're, you know, we're gonna find out what happens. Probably be a super god or some sort." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be the one or destroy the universe. <laughs> Either way, what a rush. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, and then we get our first glimpse of the one lady in this movie, uh, <laughs> Carla Gugino, in a nice little like red dress, a nice little... Uh... Strawberry blonde wig. We get a nice shot down mm-hmm. her top because yeah. we first see her in an above mirror. <laughs> yeah. is the, the, the imagery, uh, what is it? The, the man look or the look of... The male d- lens yes. is heavy in this movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah. This is a this is a total guy movie. <laughs> <laughs> they knew their audience and they were selling hard. Yeah, this this is for bros. <laughs> yeah. I'm an alpha. <sighs> yeah. <Ugh. laughs> Sorry. 
<laughs> gorilla noises. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're uh, they're gearing up for uh, uh, Lawless's execution, and uh, and they're like, wait, execution? Why would they just like shot him in the head? Like, oh no, they're transporting him to the Hades universe, and I'm like. Ooh, what's that? Is that like like Event Horizon? Like what what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, basically, uh, like, do you have any final words? And then he goes into this speech about all of you are living your lives with all these wasted energies, and I'm just trying to combine them all to form one. You know, <laughs> roll credits, guys. What do we think? No, uh, <laughs> we're done here. Yeah. Uh, but then. <laughs> Uh, Carly Gugino pulls out this rat with a giant set of testicles and an antenna shoved up its Steve, butt. It's not a giant set of testicles. Those are just rat testicles. You should check our male rats. Uh, okay, well, yeah, okay. I, I'm sorry. The biggest set of balls I've ever seen on an animal. Yeah, most mammals, uh, the balls don't encompass 20% of their mass. That's but all they I'm do saying. for rats. Rats and, like, sheep yeah. have... They, what we say in the like, like when I read sheep in the sheep industry, what they say is, uh, they can offer a lot of coverage. <laughs> yeah, if I'm, I, I get into a firefight, I'm gonna be hiding behind them. <laughs> <laughs> you want you you want like a male sheep to provide a lot of coverage because you want like one male per like fifty females, fifty years. Ah, uh, that's what you mean. So by coverage. a lot okay, of okay. coverage. <laughs> So they need a lot of storage. <laughs> a lot of baby batter. Yeah, I exactly. Guess. Yeah, yeah. Rats can have like twelve babies in uh, in one litter. You need a lot of coverage. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Uh, but yeah, then the uh, as the, the rat with the antenna stuffed up its butt uh, goes towards the wall or whatever, we then hear boom, and of course we get down with the sickness. A nice little fight scene. Yes, uh, but this is beginning of a trend in this movie. They they play like half a second so that you know what song it is, and then they overlay the uh, the explosions and the sound effects over the song so you can't hear it until like another twenty seconds later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, basically through the commotion, uh, instead of being uh, instead of going to the Hades universe, he changes the coordinates or whatever at the last minute and ends up going to. I didn't catch the name of it, but basically our dimension, you know, B- Bush's president and, you know, whatever. The, the real world, quote unquote, to us. Yeah, uh, we then cut to the, uh, basically the be- what seems to be the beginning of the movie again with L.A. SWAT team gearing up and we get the, the little news thing. But, you know, President Bush is there uh, talking about his universal health care bill. And I'm like, well, that didn't happen. So what dimension is this? Yeah, right? And, uh... <laughs> So it's still not our dimension, but it's pretty darn close. <laughs> but it's a different one, and that's what's important. Exactly. Uh, there's 125 out there. I'm sure we, one of them's pretty cool. And yeah, yeah, basically they're uh, transporting a prisoner. Uh, it's a, uh, but uh, it's not Jet Li. It's some other dude. But Jet Li is one of the SWAT guys, and uh, one of the prisoners again like throws the knife at him. But Jet Li just snags the knife and like, shit, I caught that. Run, run, run! And they go running out <laughs> to the parking lot and. You know, it's kind of like the, the same kind of scene as that, that opening one. And then he just kind of stops and, like, looks around and he senses something. Something's wrong. And then, yeah, guns start firing out of the, the vents and stuff. Little sniper shots. Oh, no. And, uh, yeah, a lot of shooting around. And then eventually, oh, yeah, we see, like, Jet Li. He, like, uh, 
tears the window off of like the prison bus and like backs up into the vents to like you know knock knock the sniper out and then he looks back and holy crap that guy could be my brother yeah <laughs> <laughs> is that johnny oh my god yeah i haven't seen you in years man yeah but uh, yeah it basically looks like him because it is him oh! in a different dimension and uh yeah he, end up, uh, he ends up running um the the sniper one uh what's his name you he starts running away through the streets of la and of course uh we find out gabe the the, the good jetly is chasing after him and they both go like over a wall with it's like you know 20 feet high or something and also has like barbed wire and stuff on the top but when he comes down you standing there and he's like huh yeah i thought you'd be a little tougher you know <laughs> and he ends up getting <laughs> shot <laughs> ah fuck yeah, but then uh, Delroy Lindo comes out of left field and saves him at the last minute, and you know uh, what's his name? Hugo's running off. Woo! And we find out in this world, uh, yeah, Gabe's uh, married to Carly Gugino. She has a, she's a brunette in this dimension, though. Yeah, with short hair and cur- yeah. short curly hair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also a veterinarian. Um, but yeah, basically she gets a call. Hey, Gabe's in the hospital, so. Uh, or, or, oh, no, that's right. He just kind of shows up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. She was still, like, grabbing her coat and stuff to head over there. And yeah, he just, like, yeah, walks in the he, front door. She got the yeah. call, like, hey, Gabe's at the hospital. You need to come down. He walks in, like, hey, babe. Like, did, did you leave the hospital? Yeah, yeah, I checked myself out. Apparently, I got shot, but uh, already healed. It's pretty sweet. Oh, he was wearing his bulletproof vest because he was on the, the oh, police squad. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. All right, so it was just, like, a bruise or whatever, and he was feeling fine. Yeah, oh, and they okay. were worried Most people would be knocked out for a few hours. He he got, like, 20 minutes. He's like, I'm good. Oh. Uh, everything bruise is gone see no bruise okay because i was thinking he had like the the wolverine healing ability like by the time he actually like checked his wound or something goes healing but okay yeah yeah, that (laughs) makes sense i guess um and then we get a little little scene where he apparently has like his own uh like a study but it's like a a kata room like you know it's like a little uh a little private dojo or whatever that he's like doing katas and uh the the bad jetly he's like on a rooftop doing a, a like a similar kind of kata and i'm like it'd be nice to have like a separate room for katas right right <laughs> babe do you do you need a right. kata room look okay when i had that two-bedroom townhouse i was living in mm-hmm. when i was a bachelor or whatever that was basically what this second bedroom was it was like yes. storage and like a little workout area or whatever <laughs> but there wasn't there wasn't really like room for like you know a full like bench press and stuff like that yeah. so it ended up being yeah a lot of like push-ups and like doing like little katas and st- like little <laughs> stuff like that but... i mean you're also a giant so well yeah yeah like <laughs> for like marky mark there might have been room for <laughs> it was like a six six by eight cell kind of spacing oh, so with like tom furniture Cruise, around it so, size. Yeah. yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> They go back to the hospital. She convinces oh, yeah, yeah. him she's only a vet, not a not a doctor. He needs to go get checked out. He needs an MRI because his boss is worried about his head. Yeah, and I love how the cops are like asking him, like, "Hey, do you have like a description of the guy that shot you?" And he's basically like, "Nope." <laughs> In my head, I'm thinking, no idea. I don't know, some Asian guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> he was Asian. That's all I know. Yeah, yeah. He easily could have said that. Like, I, I didn't get a good look, but yeah, definitely Asian. Keep an eye out. <laughs> Looked a lot like me. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> but but then the wife's like, uh, "Hey, so you're bullshitting them, but why why are you trying to bullshit me?" <laughs> he's like, "Because it was me. He was. I was aiming at me." <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, you know, in the heat of the moment, <laughs> like uh, like like if I were pointing a gun at 
somebody that I, I thought looked like me. Like, I don't know, tall, gangly white guy. Right? <laughs> Probably use some dental work. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, they basically want to check him out. So they yeah, put him in the MRI and, you know, he's freaking out a bit because, you know, it, he he thinks his doppelganger is out to kill him and take over his life or something. Yeah. And, you know, it makes sense. And I love how, it, like... <laughs> babe if i were going to get an mri done and i was like mm-hmm. could you could you get my gun for me like just just have it handy i might need it <laughs> babe you're going for an mri i do enjoy the 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 oh my gosh the uh the doctor in charge of the mri she's just like oh my god it's an mri not a heart transplant yeah <laughs> <laughs> i feel like that might be the most real part of this movie <laughs> yeah. feels like real earth like people are like oh they're just acting up will you stop look it's a f- he lay. Do you have any metal in you? No, you're fine. Then yeah. we're, nothing's going to rip out. You'll be good. Yeah, make sure Lie down. Prince Albert's, you know, taken out. Yeah, take those all out because uh, something's going to hurt if it's a the princey. Princey's still in. <laughs> that being said, though, like, like, like I had never had an MRI before when I had it. I was terrified out of my mind, and everybody else is doing it. Like this is their job. They do seventy five of these a day. They're like, oh my god, will you please stop sobbing and just get in the machine? <laughs> Yeah, but they're not actually in the machine, which is the most terrifying thing, because you have to right. bum, 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 and you're like, I can't move to see where that's coming from, and it sounds like it's going to come out and crush my skull. Right? <laughs> and then they inject you with this stuff that makes you feel like you've pissed yourself. And, and anytime oh, yeah, they talk to you, they're like, please relax. And it like echoes <laughs> in there. And, yeah. Will yeah, you please that's relaxing. Slow your Here it Jesus? <laughs> is that Satan? god oh my god <laughs> which one are you i don't know um but yeah so yeah he has the mri and it's and then wait wait a minute mr law what are you doing here in the tech room and he like pulls a gun on the mri technician now, oh and he's like now we have to start the mri all over again and then it cuts to <laughs> she's like what are you doing yeah and it comes you to should the be in one. there <laughs> like what, what what's going on what i, I didn't move <laughs> and then yeah yeah, Delroy Lindo and Jason Statham show up, and there's a nice little shootout. And okay, there, there's like the scene where he's like dodging bullets, and then he like ricochets the one off the gun in his hand, like pew, like knocks it to the side, and like, yep, yeah, that's the trailer. I remember that one. <laughs> that had my interest peaked in this movie. <laughs> but then yeah, we get the little uh, Jet Li versus Jet Li fight in the MRI room, and yeah. and then. Yeah, he hit something that, like, I don't know, caused a lot of smoke or whatever. Like, I, I, I don't know, let's say, like, a <laughs> a tank of smoke or whatever. and uh, A CO2 cartridge yeah, type thing. Yeah, something like that. And, yeah, just able to escape everybody, you know, all the cops and stuff that show up. Oh, that's right. He, like, goes out into the uh, the, the good Gabe, uh, good law, uh, Gabe. He, like, goes out in the hallway and all the cops are there, like, guns pointed at him because they just saw him, you know, shoot a tech and, like, beat the crap yeah. out of Jason Statham and uh, Delroy Lindo. Like, I've seen God in 60 seconds. I know who that guy is. <laughs> and, and they're, like, trying to cuff him. He's like, I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to hurt you. Keep away from me. And they're like, yeah, whatever. Just let us put these cuffy cuffs on. And he ends up, like, cuffing all of them, like, together and, like, to one of the hospital beds and stuff. Yeah. And just, he's like, okay, sorry, I gotta go. Bye. <laughs> Love you a long time. Bye. What happened here? Yeah, uh, Delroy Lindo and Jason Statham, they're, like, realizing, oh, crap. Okay, he, he realizes he's super powerful, too, but at least he seems to be a good guy. All right, here's what we got to do. We got to split up. 
and uh, we're gonna synchronize our watches or something, and they have like these little like thermal detonator like little mini like robin's egg size thermal detonators or something i i didn't know what they were but he's like all right you know what happens like when this goes green it means i'm uh you know trying to get him and if it goes red that means you gotta you gotta shoot the other one before it's too late or something uh, right that, that I, yeah i i think it's like okay um one of them is going to try and capture you law and the other one's trying to get gabe yeah. and they want to make sure that like, hey, if this is a certain color, I, I've caught him, everything's, we're good, we can return, send him to Hades, everything's blessed. And that, if not, you need to kill the kill him, like, right now, because something bad's happening. Yeah. Um, and, and I love how he says, like, was like, trust your heart, not your head, or something like that to Jason Statham. Because <laughs> Statham's so just like, why don't we just kill both of them? You sound hunky-dory. Oh, and this is where we get a little bit of a clip uh, where Delroy's like, Look, Jason Statham, I know you come from a universe where uh, it's all just, like, gangs and violence, but you don't have to kill everybody. Not everybody's against you. Not everybody in every dimension is evil. (laughs) This guy seems to be a good guy. We just need to protect him because... And and is it wrong that my first thought was like, oh man, he's like Tasha Yar, he comes from the right planet! Oh yeah! (laughs) Watch out for those oil slicks! Yeah. Okay, and then we cut to a scene where orderlies are talking about porn, and I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> we don't need this. <laughs> uh, but then they, like, unzip one of the, the body bags or whatever, and it's you! Surprise! <gasps> yeah. <laughs> Surprise, mother fathers. That's right. Surprise, melon farmers. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, uh, we see Statham, like, stealing a Mustang, because, you know, why not? Yeah, well, you need this something that's badass. quiet, inconspicuous, and gets right. good gas mileage. <laughs> hits all the notes. Yeah. Um, hits all the Mustang, of course, is the most quietest car we know in Ford's fleet of vehicles. Um, it gets great mi- ga- gas mileage just with its like V8 supercharged thingamajiggy of an engine. You can tell I'm a car guy oh, yeah, with yeah. my thingamajiggies. Yeah. Um, and it's it's not noticeable because there's not that many classic Mustangs around, so no one's going to look for it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wait for him to like pull up the light. Nicholas Cage pulls up in the Shelby GT or whatever. He's like, "Hey, Nicholas how's Cage it going?" Pulls up on one side, and the the Winchesters from Supernatural pull up oh. on the other. Like we are all incognito. Vin Diesel and Paul Walker <laughs> on the other side. No one knows who we are. We're good boys. <laughs> That is one of Steve and I's, like, favorite things in movies. It's like, inconspicuous vehicle. Yeah. Cue the cars from Cobra. <laughs> yeah. I think oh, there yeah. was actually a movie that made fun of it. Wasn't it, like, Hawkeye or something? Where... <laughs> yes, oh, yeah. The they're, like, show like Hawkeye. an inconspicuous vehicle. Like, well, you still one of these smart cars or, like, a Prius or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Oh, anyways, yes. So, the Mustang. <laughs> the most inconspicuous car. Yeah, and uh, and then we get a scene where, okay, this is what got me. Like, you steals, like, a van, and he's, like, flipping through the radio stations, you know, so we can get all the soundtrack in there, I assume. Yeah. And then Dory Lindo is, like, in the back, like, pointing a gun at him. <laughs> like, like he was there the whole time and just waited a good 10 mi- Mississippi or something to, like, <laughs> pull it on him. We- I just want to make sure that we're in the right direction. I'm going to then kill him. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> It'll save me from having to take the bus later. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. We had the scene where uh, uh, Jason Statham, like, 
I don't know, he like follows Gabe to like a hotel or something. But then Gabe like gets the drop on him and basically Jason Statham's about to fall off an atrium into the middle of a hotel. And Gabe like grabs him and was like, you okay? You okay? What? Why are you following me? Why are you trying to kill me? And he's like, I'm not trying to kill you. I'm trying to protect you. And then we get him like trying to explain the multiverse and going through black holes and stuff like that. And Gabe's really receptive to all this. <laughs> he's like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Fully makes sense. I understand that. Well, let, let, let's let's be honest. If you're a, a cop or you're just an individual and you run into yourself trying to kill your you, yeah. you would be open to a lot of shit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'd be like, oh, you're telling me there's magic and wizards? Yeah, I believe you. Yeah. <laughs> you can do spells? Sure. I just saw myself try to kill me. Yeah. Nothing's out of the pro- right? realm of possibilities now. The Hulk exists? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. Tell me about the shit weasels, as Morgan Freeman <laughs> yeah. said. Yeah. yeah. Steve's gonna, somebody at some point is going to tell Steve something very serious and very kind of fantastical, and he is just going to be, so tell me about the shit weasels, and they're yeah. going to have no idea what he's talking about. Guys, it's Dreamcatcher. It's probably coming in a future month. Let's have be we real. not done Dreamcatcher? We have not. So we just watched oh. that like three times for fun? Uh, I think we've seen it. <laughs> Steve's in trouble. Seen it at least twice. <laughs> well, I don't know. I guess so. <laughs> Babe, how many times have we watched The Meg before we talked about it last week? Oh. Like four or five? Yeah. Easily. Yeah, but The Meg is a classic movie. <laughs> how many times it's have we seen perfect. Geostorm? <laughs> oh my god, what's wrong with you people? How many times did we watch Hurricane Heist? <laughs> yeah, Hurricane Heist. Oh my god. Okay, now, now babe. You guys ta- are all getting a glimpse into our date nights. <laughs> how many times have we seen The Third Man? once yeah, exactly for a podcast we do own it on amazon prime how many times did we watch sunset boulevard once for a podcast yeah. <laughs> you guys have a weird taste in movies to watch in your date nights look, and here's the thing look i'm not judging we... i'm not judging because i respect everybody equally but sounds like judgment i would seek help um <laughs> look here's the thing we know which are the like the the truly like better movies oh, yeah. but there's also times where it's like you know what i've had a bad day just i just those... want to drink a beer and watch jason Statham punch a shark yes. <laughs> <laughs> which to be fair is the meg it's just how can we get jason statham to punch this shark yeah. um no i fully understand like i fully understand and i get the uh wanting to release um from reality because our reality is woo. Just like uh, the reality that Gabe lives in is probably a little better. Segwaying back to the movie. Like that segue, right, people? Yeah. Uh, Some of those movies, though, are questionable. Uh, But I don't judge you. I just question some things. But yeah, just like Gabe was not questioning anything when Jason Statham, being the bro that he was, is trying to explain the multiverse to him. And I don't think he understands the multiverse as much as he thinks he does. Yeah, he's like, okay, okay, so... You're protecting me now. Got it. That's all I really need to know. <laughs> and, yeah, he's like, you're not trying to kill me. Cool. I like you. <laughs> yeah. And this was the only scene where I was like, because Jason Statham, I don't know if he was trying to do like a New Yorker accent. Like he was really slipping into like Bruce Willis, like Hudson Hawk kind of territory with the way he was talking <laughs> in this one. And and he has the exact same like hairline and everything too, which was kind of funny. But because, you know, before oh God, he just went full, full shave, you know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. The person who's like, dude, you look better bald. 
Yeah. <laughs> and just stay bald. That's actually Please. the meme I have for this one. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> you'll you'll see nice. you'll see when the episode comes out. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Is that something along the lines of you know, some people say I look like Bruce Willis and it's gently like looking at him like, no, trust me, shave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do it for an upcoming movie. It's gonna be great. Oh, God. So yeah, basically, uh, and we cut back to you and uh, Del Rolando. They're in that van still, but then you like pulls a hard left and crashes the van, and they fight. And basically, just like there's like the whole fight scene, and like Del Rolando like tries punching him in the throat, and apparently he like catches him and like crushes his hand with his neck. <laughs> you know, just showing how powerful he is, basically. And Lindo's like, ah, fuck my hand. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, basically, long story short, he gets whooped. Uh, Delroy Lindo pulls out the little mini thermal detonator or whatever is ever written down and, like, pushes the button. But then he's like, you know, I'll kill you before you're able to do anything with that, right? Like, we'll see. And then you, yeah, he totally, like, jumps on and kills him, like, snaps his neck or whatever and, like, takes the little detonator thing. And then it turns red on uh, Statham's end. You know, he's, he's, like, behind Gabe, like, listening to him talk or whatever, or following him or something. And so Statham pulls the gun, points at Gabe's back, and you even see, like, the little uh, little crosshair thing, yeah. like, laser thing on his back. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's pretty sweet. <laughs> it's a shame that thing can't really aim for shit, as <laughs> you were displaying earlier. Uh, but then he's like, all right, well, my partner's dead. Something's wrong. I'm alone now. Will you help me? And, and of course, he's uh, Gabe's like, well, yeah, because it's saving me. Why? Why wouldn't I help you? <laughs> I as long as I live at at the end of this equation, I'm for it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Uh, Sorry, sit, more cats. Sit, cat. Sit. It's fine. Oh, thank you. All right. <laughs> Nobody Jesus. Likes us Steve, Steve, cut that out. Steve, cut that out. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because uh, we cut back to you, and he's, you know, standing over the corpse of Delroy Lindo. And then uh, cops start pulling up around him, like, a couple squad units. And then we get the guys pulling up on motorcycles. And, uh, Phil, Phil, what happens here? Oh, what happens? <laughs> so, oh, okay. So you, like, charges at the guys in the motorcycles and, like, stops the motorcycles so, like, the guys go flying. <laughs> And then oh he, yes! And then he starts swinging the motorcycles around like they're baseball bats or something, like hit, hitting the guys and like one of the cars. oh the CGI in this scene, yeah, Perfect. yeah, just gorgeous, yeah, with the uh, the baseball bat scene. Yeah, th- this was the, the one scene I was like, you know, thinking about watching this movie again. I'm like, oh, I wonder if this ages well. <laughs> it's, it's spoilers. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's 2001, you know? Yeah, it's 2001. We just, it's 2001. Just enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he, you know, ends up, like, beating all the cops down, whoops on them. And then uh, and then we cut to uh, Gabe's house, where, like, four squad units, like, all Gabe's buddies and stuff, basically escort her back to her house. And uh, <laughs> I love how they walk in the door. They're, like, searching the place, making sure Gabe isn't there, you know, because they're still trying to handcuff him or whatever because they, some, you know, kill some people. Yeah, just wreck a whole bunch of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's like, I got to do my girl stuff. <laughs> and he's like, all right, let me just uh, clear the way for you here. And uh, as you were, and, you know. <laughs> uh, 
yeah basically uh, she, she ends up seeing like some uh, dirt or something on the ground like oh he's up in the attic okay like she's an, a detective like she's a better she's... detective than the detectives in this movie yeah yeah but uh yeah so she opens up the little attic and uh oh Gabe's up there and he's like hey hey I really need my weapon can you get that for me uh sure uh yeah I think I know where it is let me let me, let me go and get it and like as she's walking she sees uh Gabe's also out on the roof? What? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Um, which one is which? Okay. And then uh, she's, like, about to hand him the, the gun or whatever, and she's like, Oh, man. Do you remember when we met in that bookstore? That we, you ever think it'd end up like this? And he's like, Uh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Anyway, give me the gun. <laughs> <laughs> And she's like, "Nope, we didn't meet there. Who the fuck are you?" <laughs> oh, and then and then he gets all serious, and he's like, "I'll kill you before you're able to scream or shoot that at me or something." <laughs> yeah, like, very like, menacing. Yeah, it's like, "Oh shit, goddamn!" But then she's like, "Help!" And so he like jumps and like ducks the weapon out of her hand or whatever, or no, he like pulls it out of her hand, I think. And, oh, that's right, because then the lieutenant or whatever, but he comes in, and he's like, "Hey, what's going on here?" He gets shot. Caw, caw, caw. But then he also grabs TK as a hostage, looks out the window, sees the other, uh, the other, uh, sees Gabe out there. <gasps> he shot TK! <gasps> no! And then, yeah, he just starts, uh, like, all the other cops come in the door. They're like, hey, but the goddamn blah, blah, blah. And you just jumps out the window and starts shooting at the, uh, shooting at Gabe. And... <laughs> Oh, yeah, the other cops, like, come out the window or whatever and start shooting at him, you know, Gabe, because I, I didn't see it. Did you, like, just fall down and, like, instantly, like, leave the house or something, like, run away? Uh, I don't know. They, they were shooting at the wrong guy, basically. Or yeah. the right guy. Who knows? All perspective, I guess. But, uh, yeah, eventually, like, Statham pulls up the Mustang and he's like, get in, let's get out of here. And they drive off. <laughs> Unfortunately, the Mustang still only had like an eighth of a tank of gas or something. <laughs> Surprisingly, <because>. yeah. <laughs> you know, because the car is so reliable with gas, and with current gas, well, no, gas prices in two thousand one were still good. Yeah, a bit of like a uh, buck forty, probably. Like you know, yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, in this universe, they had universal health care, uh, so you know, it's probably a little lower. It's more uh, <laughs> Earth conscious and less uh, capitalistic conscious. So yeah. yeah. It's probably a little better. Yeah, I, I like this universe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> and yeah, basically, you know, Gabe, he's super depressed because, you know, his wife's been killed and he's like, right? she was my Santa. How do I kill him? And uh, and Statham's like, look, we're not supposed to kill him because, you know, he's trying to kill you and become a super god. So if you kill him... You become, become the super, the super god, god and we, then we have to kill you, and and that could implode the multiverse. We really don't want to do that. But since I kind of want to kill him too, here's a uh, here's my new super gun I've been working on, and his little brother for you. And uh, he just like pops the trunk. like in his spare time, he's just working on. He's this like astrophysicist, gun making <laughs> dude, like, and he barely understands the multiverse. Like, come on, like this yeah. is giving Jason Statham a little too much credit. Whoa. Whoa, I can't be a scientist as well. I enjoy my craft. 
He yeah. So they pulled him out of the uh, the rape the gang rape dimension. <laughs> I don't like that. They dimension. trained him. Yeah, he neither did he. They trained him to be a cop. He already had the fighting skills. So he, they just got to focus on uh, the scientific skills and and whatnot and some of the problem solving. And then they uh, they paired him up with Delroy. There you go. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All in like ten days that he was a cop for. Like, how long has he been a cop for? They don't say. Yeah. yeah. And we don't know if they're a like how they age, because they could be at the center of the multiverse, so they may like age slower than the rest of us. I don't yeah, know. Maybe a little yeah, different. I don't, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I wish we had more information. We needed more information. There, there needs to be a prequel to this. Yeah, we, we need a sequel. We, we need the two. That's what we need. <laughs> the one. We, yeah, two. we need the one. The the second one. There's <laughs> oh, another <shit>. one. <laughs> the one. The sequel or the prequel to the one. <laughs> the next we need more one. back. Yeah. yeah, the next one. There's so many great movies they can do with this. Oh my god, this is a. Oh my god. <laughs> Hollywood hit me up. Anyway. Yeah, so we, the we, next we, one we, is where we're crossing over Nick Cage in next. Exactly. Okay, he can see the future sure. while the other one can see through dimensions. Oh, there and one go. of them can only remember the past. Oh, that's right. It, uh, it's the scene where. Um, yeah, Gabe gets mad and like punches the, the the pole that has the gas prices or whatever. Yes, he's over. like, he's like, we have to do this, and then he just kicks it. He's like, oh, we can do that. Yeah, and then it falls down, and then we see Delroy Lindo running out of the gas station. What the hell? What, what? the hell are you doing? Because <laughs> he runs the gas station in this dimension, guys. Yeah. All right. He's not a badass cop. He's just a regular Joe. All right, so, so so I have to ask: in this alternate dimension, or in these alternate dimensions, like, what what would you be doing something differently? Like, do you think you'd be like a cop or a firefighter? Or I'd probably be a lawyer. A lawyer? <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was one of my uh, decisions when I was younger. What I wanted to go into, and this universe seems to be like maybe I'll be a lawyer. I said, I'm sure there's a dimension out there where I kept with the whole engineering thing and. Uh, I assume I, I don't know, probably came up with something that ended civilization, like some sort of mega bomb. Or... Sounds like a cool thing to d- yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, like the the mega atom bomb. Yeah. You know, it just destroys Earth in one shot. Yeah, I, I, I'm one of those scientists that get killed towards the end of a Bond movie. Like, oh, you know, yeah. Blofeld, like, takes over my technology. Yeah. yeah, 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 you were kidnapped and you're technically a victim, but they have to, they have to take you out because you know too much. Mm, I can see it. How about yeah. you, babe? Oh, I am most definitely the honeypot. <laughs> you hire me for my looks and my ability to blast the guy's head off. I like it. <laughs> That's good. You're, you're starring in the 355 or whatever mm-hmm. in your, uh, yeah. your ultimate dimension. I like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, went to, uh, I went to Red Sparrow Horror School. And... <laughs> <laughs> you thought a lot about this, and now I'm a little terrified. <laughs> oh, uh, January and February, we watched like... 12 female assassin movies so oh we've been studying up on the subject i see okay cool i'm still terrified um it's kind of like dating a girl who watched true crime documentaries and listens to true crime podcasts you're like i'm going to be having to you're gonna have to end this because if i end it i'm I'm scared that i'm gonna die and no one's gonna know about it (laughs) because like they know exactly how to do the perfect crime like when uh when steve and i were dating and he realized that dating a girl who grew up on a farm isn't just ha 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 she used to have goats oh she used to uh also do emasculation aka castrations on a regular basis on a variety of creatures 
it was more around the time you were watching forensic files before we went to bed <laughs> where it was like all right sweet dreams i guess uh, yeah but it's always the ladies who get murdered uh, i mean sometimes men are poisoned yeah sometimes <laughs> yeah it's like 95 5 <laughs> like that's the yes. split yeah <laughs> Where were we? Oh, yes. Um, so <laughs> uh, so then we cut to, okay, we cut to, like, I, I don't know, some sort of refinery or factory or something. Yeah, because the final fight has to be at, uh, at a dingy warehouse where it looks like a, uh, a level from a, a fighting game. Yeah, with right. absolutely nobody else working there, though everything is operating just fine. Again, just like Highlander. <laughs> there can only be the one. And, uh... <laughs> Uh, also terminator oh yeah terminator too yeah yeah that's right you're terminated really every terminator ends in or has a scene in a factory like setting yeah in the final yeah god you're right (laughs) uh but uh yeah basically there's like three minutes okay i've written down three minutes until the wormhole opens but then like 10 minutes in movie time later they say three minutes and i'm like oh maybe it was 30 I, i don't know but uh they go movie to... time doesn't count <laughs> oh, that's right he froze time yeah uh, <laughs> that's why it didn't look like anybody was working there they're all on break no. yeah it was a it was a eight minute break in their time which equates to 80 minutes in our time oh it's like inception uh... I gotcha. <laughs> yeah so they uh they're chasing you through this factory um, and there's like a little bomb set and stuff like that. Like, beep, 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 boo. Oh, yeah, when that bomb goes off and like just before it bombs, he's like, run and don't breathe for at least 20 seconds after the blast. I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, 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 is it a virus or is it just like, like even evaporate like the air in the room or like is it a little mini H-bomb or something? Yeah, because it's, it, you want to be, I know when, for when you get hit with a bomb, you don't want to be have any air in your lungs. I know that you want to be completely oh. out of air. Oh yeah, because like you yeah, the concussion f- wave or whatever will like yeah, the really the shock wave. Shit. Once it hits yeah. you, you want to be blowing air out of your lungs at that point, so the shock wave doesn't blow up your lungs. Huh. Interesting. From what I I could be completely wrong, and I just killed a billion of pe- billion people. Next time they're next to a grenade what? that explodes or something, because well, like they listen to this run random fact on a, a podcast. Phil, like a, oh, Phil said it. He sounded very convincing. I'm not. I would yeah. Google it. Phil, Google if a first. Billion people are being affected by grenades that listen to this <laughs> podcast. That's, that would be a, a great of number. We're gonna die anyway, so don't, don't feel too bad. <laughs> Well, it's everything I learned from movies, and I think we're talking about is something that's happening in a movie. Everything yeah, I true, true. From <laughs> something we learned. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. They get they get like separated. Like uh, some rubble like falls on Statham, and Gabe is like nowhere to be seen. Um, at, le- at least for like a minute. Then we see he's like in like one of the ducks or something. And then, uh, yeah, we see uh, you walking around. He's like jumping from pipe to pipe to like get to a catwalk or something and then yeah statham yeah i think he like broke his arm or something in one of the scenes or oh no yeah that's right he like fights you for a bit like you like kicks the gun out of his hand and yeah like breaks his arm or something but then we get the final showdown you versus gabe jet lee versus jet lee 
And I love how they distinctly made, like, they're wearing the exact same uniform, like, clothing. And they're like, we can't tell them apart. How will we know the good one versus the bad one? He wears, we take off one of their sh- the upper parts. And Jet Li's just like, hi yeah. And he just, like, ties it around his waist. And you're like, that's fine. I can tell. Yeah, yep. yeah. We'll go Blue is good. Black is ba- bad. Okay, let's go. Yeah, because everybody likes a jumpsuit. Yeah, right. apparently uh, in the, uh, in the 2001, we were all wearing jumpsuits. Well, and everybody's wearing jumpsuits again. I don't know if you noticed or not, at least in women's, where they're super trendy. Gentlemen, have either of you worn a jumpsuit? Like, ever? Yes. Yeah, yeah back when I was I used playing to... basketball a couple times, but yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> Would you that, wear... that was probably around the time of this movie. <laughs> Would you wear jumpsuits now? Nah, no. I'm good. <laughs> Unless I'm working on a car, which will yeah. never happen, so no. Yeah, 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 like the little say. mechanic thing, or like the was it the the super science suits oh, like, yes, uh, from Venture Brothers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'll do it. <laughs> but 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 typically no. <laughs> I'm the guy that wears pajamas to work now. So <laughs> yeah, you're lucky if I put pants on, um, and luckily I did because I had to leave the house, um, which really sucked, but I had to. But anyways, going on. Yes, we have jetly in blue and jetly in black and an amazing f- choreographed fight scene yeah. oh and we also get the completely original and awesome line after this there will be only one there can be only one <laughs> and i'm waiting for like christopher yeah. lambert to be like you son of a bitch <laughs> he just walks on stage what the fuck man that was my line <laughs> no 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 no, no. just that's, walks off that's that's my thing that's my one fucking thing they already took Raiden from me for that James Remar guy in the sequel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so yeah, you get that nice little choreographed catwalk fight with a lot of Matrix stuff thrown in. And I'm like, honestly, the Matrix stuff is the by far the worst part. Like, yeah. the actual, yeah. like, the different styles that, like, Jet Li is using against himself, basically. Yeah. It's all pretty good. So, like, same with the uh, the tossing the cop motorcycle scene. Yeah. We were talking about it, like, Jet Li is so impressive by himself that when you start CGIing over it and literally taking the gravity out of it, 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 it loses its it. teeth. Like, he's yeah. less impressive because you know it's CGI and it's like, stop slowing it down to fucking bullet time. Stop making them float in the air. Just let Jet Li fucking bounce off of walls and kick his own ass the way that he would. Just let Jet Li. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. just let Jet Li do Jet Li things. <laughs> like, this is this is the problem that uh, I felt some of his movies... Uh, because Jet Li is just such a, has a prolific career during like the early 2000s oh, yeah. of just copy paste movies but a lot of the movies understood like if we're going to have these because there was like an influx of the Asian uh, superstar because there was a rebirth of like kind of Bruce Lee stuff coming out yeah because uh, it was around the anniversary so you got a lot of influx of like the Asian stars who were like kicking ass without any CGI. So when they come to American films where they have budgets that can afford those CGI, they used it. But like Jet Li doing Jet Li things with or versus another amazing martial artist, like you're just like sit there, just enjoy the martial arts. Yeah. Like we don't need to add anything to this. Yeah, but uh, yeah, basically after this uh, middle of this fight, um, you know you basically like kind of knocks Gabe out and he's already he's like posing like yeah wait he's like posing like ready for the quickening to happen or something like his hand of Highlander like just looking up and like he's like okay let's go let's go what's what's (laughs) what's going on 
but then we he turns back around and Gabe's like still alive. He's like getting up and he does this like super wide, like almost like Jean Claude Van Damme split stance. And I'm like, that's probably not the most tactically viable martial <laughs> arts pose, but yeah, it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and and then this is when we get the warning again, like, all right, three minutes till wormhole. And I'm like, wait a minute, what the, uh, okay. Well, well, I must've written it down. Wrong. And then this fight scene where like, I, I don't know, something in the factory is blowing up and there's like sparks falling all around them. Yeah. Again, you, you don't need it because it's, it's the sparks and like the super slow-mo like Matrix shit going on with the fighting. And the, I don't know. I It's ruining the movie pretty much. Like this is, this is where the movie goes from like a, a solid nine. Well, it wasn't at a solid nine. It was like the bike thing knocked it down. This the the poor CGI and the poor bullet time. Like they just, it just ruins already. Like it's the story is kind of great. The action is where you sell this movie, and you're ruining yeah. the action. So you're ruining the selling point of this movie. And I think the reason they're doing it is because there's also a song playing, and I'm like, do you need to play the entire song to get the you know and like <laughs> the get vulgar. enough runtime? I don't know, but. <laughs> But yeah, they're like Pretty super much. slow-mo, like punching and like dodging and sweet kicking and, you know, all that stuff. But it's like so slow. It's it's like that damn scene in Max Payne with the bullet time or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> this would have been better if they sped it up. Like show us how fast they're going by like leaving the rest of the world in regular time and like just make them go super fast. Like if yeah. they kind of like yeah. let G gently go at his regular pace, like how fast he can go and you just speed it up slightly. Oh, so like, is it he one of the guys that they have to he has to slow down his movements because he moves faster than the camera can record? Yeah, yeah, probably. No, I know Bruce Lee. That was Bruce Lee. I know Bruce Lee was just like lightning quick. But if you go, you put Bruce, you put Jet Lee instead of being at a hundred percent, you put him at like sixty-five. He'll still move faster than yeah. not, like human, and the camera can probably pick it up. And the other martial artist that's there with him will be able to fight. Because I know for these fights, they got a stuntman that was <laughs> roughly his build. And he had to wear a green face mask because they were going to CGI the CGI Jet Li's face onto it, which is just perfect yeah. in my view. Yeah, it works because <laughs> well, you're actually fighting against something other than, you know, predicting where like he's actually yeah, going to be doing the other side or whatever. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> like they could have they could have filmed it twice where Jet Li is like you have one angle from behind Jet Li like or like his his the gay Lawless or the lawless version of uh, Jet Li's character f- doing and so you see Gabe fighting and then you can just switch it the perspective later where it's over Gabe's shoulder and you have Jet Li fighting and it's just using the stuntman and then you just combine the two shots like in an it will work because you got someone of like building that, you know. Yeah, yeah, totally. Anyways, that's just yeah. my my how I would have filmed it, but it was still just like this fight scene was just great. But they just it could have been better without all the CGI kind of like slowing down time. Putting it, leaving it in real time would have been like sold it much better. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and you know, maybe have like the CGI yeah. sparks coming in, and it's like okay, that's what's mm-hmm. kind of super cool about this scene yeah. or whatever. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, do do something where it's like they're breaking the sound barrier or something. Yeah, they're going so fast. Yeah, like they their two fists come together and you get this like concussion wave kind of thing. I would have been like, okay, yeah, that's cool. That's how fast they're moving. Like they're moving so fast. Like when they're ha- and they're so strong. Like when their hands connect, 
like it creates this concussion wave like in an anime i would have bought Wait. it because it's like it's had matrix it's, 3 it's, come out yet because that's exactly what happened right. <laughs> yeah. all right sorry guys uh i was looking up to see like if uh jet lee's faster than a camera he uh him bruce lee and jackie chan were all told at different times in their career they had to slow down for camera movements uh, and then that came down to, in that search also came up who would win a fight between the three of them, and everybody pretty much agrees Bruce Lee. He's essentially sort of unofficially recorded as being like the fastest martial artist. Jet Li was asked who would win between him and Jackie Chan in a fight and apparently Jet Li said hey I might be faster than him but he's a crazy motherfucker I would never fight him. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Jackie Chan would... Jackie Chan is scary in a fight because you, he's so well-versed in his style of martial arts, but he's also willing to push his body to the extreme. You don't know what he would do. That's just yeah. it. He, like he's how... really well-versed in a variety of martial arts. You don't know what he's going to do. It's that unknown I'll, factor. I'll put, it, yeah. I'll, I'll put this to you. One of those guys is still working today. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think it's the one who broke his foot the most times. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like held together with plaster or something. Right? Oh, everybody go watch The Foreigner. Oh, yeah. It's such an amazing movie. The book is even better. Because uh, oh, yeah. I read the book first uh, before watching the movie. And the book is just like, oh, this is amazing. Because it, it goes into a bit more and you, there's a bit more to it. and uh, But it's still, oh my God, it's such a great movie. Yeah. So good. Speaking of great movies. All right, so we're back in this fight. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, you like grabs an axe, you know, one of those like uh, break glass in case of emergency axes or whatever. Which is in all weirdly located fight scenes in the movies, I find. Oh, of course. Right? I've yeah. worked in like one building where there was an axe and glass in my entire life. And I've Macy's? Worked... No, it's Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's wherever like, someone can become a psycho. <laughs> Here's an axe. <laughs> no, actually, it was the uh, Palace of Fine Arts. Oh, yeah, that makes and sense. And I'm pretty sure it was, like, from the 40s still yeah. in there. Yeah, I can see it. Because mm. <laughs> nobody knew it was there, like, what the hell nobody, is this for? Nobody had ever had to break the glass. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, yeah, eventually they fight some more, but then uh, there's, like, an explosion, and uh, Gabe ends up getting the axe and, like, basically having the advantage on uh, on you. And they like, puts him, like, a chokehold and, like, takes him to the work hole or oh, that was a wormhole, wormhole, and uh, the refinery just starts fucking exploding as they're like all uh, all three of them, you know, Gabe, you and uh, Jason Statham are teleporting. But at but as this is going down, you uh, uh, starts like taking off it. Oh no, that's right. No, as uh, Gabe like in the explosion, like his uh, jacket or whatever caught on fire, so he had to like pull it off and toss it away or something. Or one one of them did. I don't know. Basically, they look the same when they, like, pop up on the other end in the Time Cop headquarters. Yeah. Yeah. And then they, they like, run something to, like, confirm which which ID is which. And I'm like, wait, how? Oh, yeah. There there was something in the very beginning. They blew past it really quickly. But there was they, they had a scan. They could tell which universe they came from. Okay. Yeah. Then, spoiler alert, why did they get it wrong? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! You know what it probably was, since it was two of them from different dimensions going through the teleporter. Maybe they got mixed up or something. Oh, oh, they both came from that dimension at that moment. Yeah. Maybe it's which one they dimension they just came from. 
Well, yeah, that would. Because, yeah, because yeah, they're not supposed to be jumping from dimension to dimension. Yeah. But, but, yeah. yeah, but it's one of those things. Like, have they ever have they ever had, uh, let's say, three Jet Lees go through the teleporter thing at the same time? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I don't think so. Because I like, think the whole mixed, thing is that the, uh, confused or the, the bad Jet Li, he kills everybody before they get a chance to jump. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, yeah. The first that, time they've had That's like, why I'm like, maybe, maybe that's why they got it wrong. Or, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's a little bit of a loophole. Or, uh, uh, oh god, what's the word I'm looking for? Plot hole. Plot hole. Yes, it's in our goddamn theme song. How did I not remember plot hole? <laughs> gratuitous boobies. Yes, wait. where are the gratuitous boobies, Carla? Carla Gugino, where are you? No, anyway. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, basically they confirm that it's you know the evil one or whatever, and they're gonna you know they only got a few minutes, so they got to send him to the uh, Hades dimension before the wormhole goes again. Yeah. Then they have to wait like forty five minutes or whatever. But then uh, Statham gets up. He's a little disoriented. And uh, he sees the what law, whatever, strapped to the chair. And the wedding ring band, he has a little... Uh, the, the tan line. The tan line, that's it, yeah. And he's like, wait, nope, stop, stop, switch him, switch him, he's got the tan line, blah, blah, blah. You know, and so they're like, yeah, they switch him real quick, and then... Zhoop! Yeah, so yeah, you sent to the Hades uh, dimension, Gabe's taken into custody at first, and they're like, well... We got to send him back, and you know, uh, yeah, it, it's really weird because they're like, "Well, we can't send him back because he knows too much," but and we got to keep an eye on him. But then they're like, "Well, we're sending him back." I'm like, "Oh, okay." So which is it? Yeah, I don't know. They were gonna send him. I don't know. Yeah, because he was gonna end up going to prison, so it's like they they know where he would be. He would be in prison, so that's fine. Yeah. Or, or we're we're gonna be monitoring him, you know, wherever we send him back. Yeah. Like I get that, but yeah. The, the, I don't know the way it was written in the movie. It was kind of like, so which is it? Are you are you watching over him or are you sending him to another dimension? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, ba- basically uh, Statham's like, okay, here, let me uh, put in the coordinates. Bloop, 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 bloop. And then uh, he pops up, uh, you know, through the wormhole, and instantly ran over by a smart car. No, no, <laughs> like, like pretty close anyway. Yeah, this is apparently a electric vehicle universe. Yeah. It's a healthier Earth. I think it's what it is. It's a societal Earth that's like, we care about the environment. Yeah, it's like L.A., cleanest city. And I'm like, it looks like the like when they go to uh, Hill Valley in 2015 or whatever and Back to the right? Future. Yeah, we're yes. thinking like Pleasantville when it gets colorized. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, he's there in the middle of the street, almost hit by a bunch of cars, and there's a little dog yapping, so he... Oh, ran... it's his dog. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, it's his dog I... from the beginning of the movie or whatever, yeah. but... And he uh, takes it to a, luckily gonna, a nearby he vet. He by a car and he has an owie footsie now. Oh, he did have the owie. Yeah, yeah he had the owie footsie. And so uh, Jet Li picks him up and he runs him into the corner vet office. And there at the counter. <gasps> it's Carla Gugino! Oh, with different hair this time. Yeah, I think she was like a redhead or something. No, or... she was still a brunette. It was just straightened was still... out. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't bouncy. It was just straight. Yeah. Yeah, but definitely, like, this whole universe, everybody's got, like, kind of a Stepford wife, like, look in their eyes. It's like they're way too happy. They've just had a happy life. I think this is probably the blonde-haired version of Jet Li would have been from this universe. Yes. Oh, that's so right. Like, surfer kind of do Jet Li would live. Like, everybody's, like, just, like, it's so peaceful and happy here. We are all lovely. Yes. Well, and that explains why, like, uh, you know, she turns around and she's like, oh, do I know you? I seem to remember you having blonde hair and some uh, tattoos. I don't know. Something like that. 
But uh, <laughs> but then, oh man, we go to the Hades universe. We're finally going to see it. Yeah. And and we basically look up at it like a, like there's a constant storm going on in the sky. And uh, it, it's basically just this giant prison where there's like a pyramid. Like it's a, it's a constant like king of the mountain, I guess, yard yeah. fight going on. And I like how it's like, ah, fresh meat. And then he stands up, uh, I am you law. I am nobody's bitch. <laughs> I will make all you my bitch. That's right. I think that is the greatest line in all movie. I am you law. I am no one's bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, he, he starts going like the top of the pyramid. You all knew before me. And they all like start attacking him. And he's like fighting. And then, you know, you got fucking Papa Roach playing last resort during it. And it's just like, I assume constant fighting for all eternity. Roll credits. Nice tight 80 minutes. Boom. That's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> Phil, would you would you recommend the one? Yes. If you love Jet Li, if you've watched any of Jet Li's most recent stuff or some of his uh, you know, more famousy role stuff, you need to watch this. This is this is just so much fun. You you can't go wrong with this movie. Like if you enjoyed listening to a verbal rendition of this movie, you need to see the visual representation <laughs> of this movie. Absolutely. What's better than one Jet Li? <gasps> Two Jet Li's and like over a hundred implied Jet Li's. Yeah. yeah. 123 dead Jet Li's and two living Jet Li's. Go at it. What more could you want? Exactly. How about you, babe? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Watch this movie, y'all. Yeah, I, I remember liking it back in 2001 when I saw it a couple times and then watching again, I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 I, I get it. This is why I liked it. Yeah. yeah. Is it a perfect movie? No. It's definitely like it's like an 8 out of 10. Like there's a couple CGI yeah. things where it's like, hey, you probably do this a little differently in hindsight, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, yeah it works for me. It's amazing. <laughs> I don't understand why it gets such a bad rep on uh, IMDb. I'm looking at IMDb uh, right now. Don't, 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 don't look around Tomatoes yet because we're going to take a quick commercial break. <gasps> and oh. when we come back, we have... More beer. What? Fun facts. <gasps> and what we learn from the one that can only be one. <laughs> Hi, I'm Brendan. And I'm Jason. And we host a podcast called Full Screen and Country. And what do we do on this podcast, Jason? We talk about the best British films of all time as voted by British people in the British year of 1999. The BFI Top 100, to be exact. 100 movies. So with each episode, we talk about a movie on the list, historical significance, if it holds up, etc., etc., etc. You can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and all that good stuff. Wherever podcasts are sold, sold, sold. Hey, I heard you like movies. I heard you like to hustle. I heard you like podcasts. Well, guess what? There's a podcast for you out there called The Home Video Hustle. Damn right. Every Friday, we talk about whatever movie PJ picks out the bag. What does that mean? 
every Wednesday on our YouTube page, I put a bunch of movies in a bag and PJ picks one out at random. And then we just watch it. We talk about it for maybe like an hour, hour and a half, two hours. Whatever we feel like doing, wherever the conversation leads us. But do we actually talk about the movie? Most of the time. Ah. Tangents galore. Yes. So believe me, we may be a movie podcast, but it's not always about movies. We might talk about video games, mm-hmm. music. music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the big one. Music. Uh, sometimes we might get a little bit of politicalness in there. Yes. Sometimes we may just. Oh, we know what we like to do. We like to tell stories, PJ. Ah, yes. I am the master storyteller <laughs> yes. of the podcast realm. <laughs> Undefeated. So if you like to hear about movies, video games, whatever foolishness comes to our mind, the most random stuff you can think of, check out the Home Video Hustle. You can find us on the Stitchers. Yes. The Google Play. Yes. Apple Podcasts. What else? Podbean. What else? Podcast Addict. Goddamn. All that. Ain't no reason you can't get your hustle on. We everywhere. Worldwide, baby. Hustle motherfucking hustle. Hey, we can't cuss in the promo, PJ. Ah. We gotta be family friendly. There may be podcasts out there that don't want us here to say, ah. Yeah, all that good fun stuff. <laughs> well, <laughs> f- you. <Yeah. laughs> no, don't, don't run the listeners away, Pete. Ah, I'm sorry. But this is going kind of long. Yes. So we'll end this and say, hey, check out the Home Video Hustle every Friday on all the various podcast outlets. Peace. Peace. Hi, this is Johnny Jimmy Ginley, and you're listening to Everything I Learned from Movies. All the best. And we're back. Oh my God, Steve, those are the greatest ads that have ever added in the history of adding. Oh, she said it. Take a better read. Yeah. Ah, babe, I don't know about you, but I'm a little thirsty. I'm still a little sober. Oh, well, in that case, from uh, Wasatch Brewery in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah, why have one when you can have a polygamy porter? (laughs) Greatest name ever. Yeah, right. Polygamy porter. And on the back says, why have just one? Polygamy Porter is a smooth, chocolatey, easy-drinking brown porter that's more than a little naughty. Mm. Takes him home to the wives. <laughs> nice. Steve, how many of me do you want around? <laughs> uh, Zero to one. A- anyway, my top. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> ah, his top. Nice. And a uh, 5% alcohol by volume, by the way. The poor. Ooh, beautiful dark chocolate brown beer. Has a khaki color head with lots of very fine bubbles. Very fine bubbles make me happy. Yeah. Mm. Ooh, yeah, this Ooh. has like a really nice like coffee and dark chocolate. Yeah, roasted. Mm. Yeah, dark roasty notes on the aroma. Steve's got in for the sip. Yeah, a little more uh, malt forward than the the roast might uh, imply. Usually it's a little, a little bit of hoppiness, yeah. but... It's also surprisingly it 20, dry. 24 IBUs. Yeah, not horribly hoppy. Yeah. yeah like I like e- this beer. Like an English porter. <laughs> exactly. This is delightful. I could drink this all day, but mm. I love porters. Like it says, why have just one? <laughs> <laughs> uh, would either of you be interested in any fun facts? Only if they're super fun facts, because they're fun, fun facts. Yeah, I would love some fun facts. <laughs> Excellent. Well, as mentioned, Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Phil, what do you think the critics thought of the one? Like uh, the, the the percentage-wise, up to 100. Uh, I would say it's probably like a 60. 60? All right. Babe, how about you? <sighs> well, 
I'm going to go ahead and say fuck the critics because I know they're not going to get this movie. <laughs> it's true. So I'm going to go with my super generous 17%. Izzy's closest. It's 14% with the critics, <laughs> which is ridiculous. They don't know what they're talking about. Exactly. Right. Luckily, nobody gives a fuck about the critics. No, what about that audience critics. score? Yeah. Audience score, for sure, it has to be like in the 80s. All right. Izzy? Uh, the problem with the audience score is it's, like, not just the fans. It's, like, people who watched it were mad they had to pay for it on Amazon and, and like, want to go bitch to somebody about it. It's free on Tubi and Netflix again. Right? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go with 42%. Izzy wins again 51% what? with the audience. Again, what? ridiculously low. It's way too low. It's right. absolutely way too low. A $49 million budget. U.S. gross, 43.9. Worldwide gross, 74. So, kind of a flop. Mm. Probably with uh, marketing and everything thrown in. That's a shame. When Dwayne The Rock Johnson was attached to Star... What? This film was known as The Rock Movie. Uh, <laughs> but when he left to work on The Mummy Returns, you know, as the Scorpion King, uh, it was listed for a short while as Untitled Sci-Fi Project. And when Jet Li came aboard, it became the one there can only be one uh, as Phil mentioned the scenes involving Jet Li fighting himself were shot using Lee and a stuntman with a similar build and the stuntman's face was painted green so they could be digitally replaced with Lee's face later ooh yeah. <laughs> it'd be weird if he was just wearing like a like a Jet Li mask or something <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome <laughs> that would be super cool uh, for the martial arts aficionados, Jet Li used two distinct kung fu styles when portraying Gr- Gabe and Yu. The the evil Yu La used Jing uh, uh, Yu Quan, nailed it, uh, or mind form fist, loosely translated, as can be seen when he is uh, training. It's very linear, off, uh, offensive style. Whereas Gabe, on the other hand, practiced Bagua Zheng, or the eight trigrams palm. Uh, it's characterized by open palm fighting with circular footwork. Both styles are two of the three main internal styles of Chinese Kung Fu, the third being Tai Chi Quan, a.k.a. Tai Chi. All right. There you go. Uh, there is constant mention that Yula killed 123 people. Uh, they're referring to the other doppelgangers being killed. Oddly, though, there's never a count of, quote, collateral damage, i.e., dead multiverse cops or civilians which must number the hundreds possibly thousands <laughs> thanks right. imdb <laughs> yeah at, yeah yeah to kill 123 jet lees how many yeah i mean the first jet lee we see killed in this movie how many other cops get killed off yeah like oh, seven shit. or eight yeah yeah okay close to a dozen other people yeah just get killed by that you have to think like as he was getting stronger and killing more and more of these guys like the first couple probably he killed them in very simple ways like it was like i think he said mentioned self-defense or something like that yeah. and so it was like okay there's no one there and then as he was becoming more like desensitized to the killing people killing himself he's like other people don't matter so if they all die i don't care so that's when the body starts counting like starts for every one like five other people die you know yeah yes and and, and let's say yeah five or six or something like that times 123 yeah we're talking low thousands yeah well and that yeah and there's going to be more collateral damage as the other jet lees are getting stronger as he's going through and killing Yeah. yeah yeah Yeah, yeah, because yeah, the first one maybe zero or one or two or whatever, mm-hmm. and then yeah, in this one, 
I, I don't know, 85 people killed off screen? No, I was kidding. Right? <laughs> there, but there's there, gotta there, be a couple a, of them where f- he just, like, snuck in and, like, smothered them in their sleep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's why, you, like, you take the average, like, the the mean yeah. or whatever is probably, yeah, let's say 10. And so, yeah, 1,200 or so people killed. <laughs> he shows up in the universe where he's a meth addict and just ODs himself. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is ridiculously too easy. What the hell? <laughs> like, Shit, this one's already dead. All right. All right, cool. To the next. Let's just smother him, make sure. Okay, he's really dead. Let's go to the next one. Here we go. This is it. Uh, He still has only killed 123 people because there's a certain number of dimensions where he's already dead. Maybe? He he fell off a bike and broke his neck when he was a kid, fell off a boat and drowned, got in a fight with his ex wife and she shot him. Like. (laughs) Choked. Jesus. Choked on a pretzel. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Carbon monoxide. Yeah, yeah, the silent killer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, basically turned through a Venture Brothers episode for a right? second. <laughs> Robot on the loose. <laughs> 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 like, Jesus. <laughs> I'm sure Freddy Krueger pops up in one of them. Yeah. Jason, Michael Myers, uh, the Scream, Ghostface. See, yeah, this guy gets it. He's the guy sucked out of Dutch Boy in Geostorm. <laughs> yeah, in the Hades dimension, he was already killed. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's why everyone's attacking them. Like, really? We have to kill him again? Right? This guy no, again? not this jerk. I swear, they just keep sending him here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but guys, we reached the most important part of the show. <gasps> what did we learn from the one? Phil's uh, our guest. Would you like to go first? I learned that science is a lot more complicated than I originally thought. <laughs> Even more so. Ah. <laughs> yeah. And that Jason Statham can accurately predict and uh, talk about the uh, the multiverse. Yeah! There you go. <laughs> Marvel, get him in there. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> he, could, he could be Galactus or something. I don't care what that is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be awesome. Oh, yeah, it's me, Dr. Doom. (laughs) (laughs) He could do a Dr. Doom. Of course. He can do anything. He's Jason Statham. Right? It's true. Maybe not Spider-Man, but... No, no. (laughs) Boy, I'm Spider-Man. How about you, babe? What'd you learn? Uh, Well, I learned Marvel, you hacks. The multiverse already exists. Uh, I also learned there's got to be a dimension where Jet Li was eaten by his dog, Cujo style. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Also, yes, everybody, before we get the emails, yes, we know the Marvel multiverse existed like back in the 70s or some shit. Don't worry, we know. Nerds! I didn't want to be that person. I'm like, oh no, maybe, but you know, in the comic book, maybe they and I was like, know. no, that's just yeah. that's just too much nerd credit. Yes, yes, we saw the whole Doctor Strange. And I think the Iron Man cartoon series had it all involved too. Yeah, don't worry, we know, we know. Wait, wait, which Doctor Strange uh, movie before the Doctor Strange movie came out? Are you talking about Doctor Mordred? Yeah, yeah, guys, we haven't seen Doctor Mordred. Check it out. Ah! Uh, gee, what did I learn? Um. I learned uh, after this, there will only be one. <laughs> and you lie, it's no one's bitch. <laughs> That's right. I, do. I'm no I am no one's bitch. <laughs> and sometimes you have to trust your heart, not your head. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs>
like I, I come up with some cheesy lines with like, but that is like so cheese, like it doesn't belong in this movie. <laughs> that is Velveeta, baby. <laughs> you almost expect yeah. Jason Statham to be like rolling his eyes when he says it. Like, he doesn't yeah. really. Like, that's what you're motion. saying. Yeah. <laughs> little little jerk motion to the side, <laughs> like it's Hobson Shaw. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> There's only one head I think with. Well, <laughs> 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 Thank you so much for joining us yes, here on Everything I Learned so From much. Movies. Uh, I understand you also have a podcast or two? I have a few podcasts, but the one I want to talk about is The Phil Better Show. It's uh, a nostalgic look at movies from the 90s, so unfortunately this movie just ekes out at, uh, from 2001. But uh, me and my co-host Aaron Talks Films, the pop culture expert, uh, we, we watch a lot of movies. He hasn't seen a lot of the 90s movies because he's a later ger- gen- uh, millennial than I am. I'm an elder, apparently. Geriatric <laughs> millennials. Yeah, I'm a geriatric <laughs> millennial versus his like 90s. He grew up more in the 90s than I did. Uh, but yeah, so we watch these 90s films and then we take an actor from that movie and that springboards us into the, uh, the following week's movie. Ooh. And uh, yeah, mm. it's, a, it's a fun time. And uh, where, where can we find this podcast? Uh, it's on all major platforms. All you have to do is search The Phil Better Show. Or if you search Phil Better, you'll probably get all my podcasts that I host or I've been on. But yeah, you can find it on Apple, Spotify, uh, Amazon Now, uh, and uh, Google Podcasts. Excellent. Uh, babe, are you on social media at all? I am. You can find me everywhere at Untidy Venus. That's a goddess who's bad at housekeeping. I'm on all the social medias at Untidy Venus. I have an Etsy shop where I sell my goods and wares at untidyvenus.etsy.com. You can also find my goods and wares in person at the <gasps> local artisan collective here in Ogden, Utah. Guys, I'm in a shop. Um, also, if uh, if you're feeling generous, come join my Patreon at Untidy Venus. I've got like a sticker of the month club, four bucks a month. I'll mail you one of my original stickers. They're waterproof, UV resistant, perfect for water bottles laptops whatever uh you also get pictures of my pets i've got a couple of like basic how to do art tutorials going on over there so yeah come check it out steve where can we find you oh well you can find us everywhere of course on all the major podcatchers under everything i learned from movies or you can us up directly on twitter facebook and patreon at eilf movies that's everything Everything i learned from from movies And if you live in the Ogden, Utah area, come check us out at Brewies in Ogden. Uh, every other Wednesday night, we have a special free screening of a cinematic classic. Uh, at this point, we've already done Link, uh, <laughs> a wonderful ape movie. Uh, we've done Congo for my birthday. Yeah! Uh, we've done The Running Man. Um, and coming up later in May, well, you'll just have to find out at EILF Movies. That's everything, everything I learned from movies. movies. So yeah, I guess until next time, I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. I'm Phil. And this is Everything I Learned From Movies. Movies. It's a catchy jingle. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor.